It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now, Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. All right, what's up, everybody? Happy Friday. It is Pushing the Limits. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, wow, what a busy uh, news cycle it is, ladies and gentlemen. We have a lot to get to, a lot to talk about. Of course, uh, the union strike happening, and uh, we're going to talk about that. It's not funny. Auto worker strike. Uh, a lot of people are going to be losing money here, so we'll, we'll get to that. We'll talk a little bit about that, and of course, much more. The Biden impeachment inquiry. Uh, Donald Trump's basically saying he would uh, pardon himself if he's president. Man, we got so much to get to today. It's it's wild. Uh, Internet sensation Nicole Mitchell is going to be joining us in hour number two. But, you know, I always love talking to all sorts of different candidates, although it seems like the show, uh, at least the last several years, I certainly interview more Republicans than Democrats. There's no question about that. Yesterday, we had Alan Bigelow in studio, who's uh, a hero, a war hero, uh, a veteran, a former cop. And I'm still a current firefighter, and uh, today's no exception to that. I, I love talking to people, uh, heroes that have served this country honorably, that risk everything. I have the utmost respect for them. doesn't always mean I'm going to agree with everything they say politically, but, but certainly they're always uh, invited on this show. And the man we have with us in studio today for hour number one is no exception to that. So his name is Bill Conrad. He's, one, he's running for senator. He's a retired U.S. Army lieutenant, uh, four tours in Afghanistan, 38 months uh, special forces team member. Uh, and, uh, now he has decided to, uh, put his name in the ring, so to speak, and, and try to be your next Senator. Uh, he's out of Reno and he joins us right now in studio. Uh, Mr. Conrad, I, I really do appreciate you being here. How are you today? Oh, thanks, Brian. Really good. Uh, trying to get it caught up a little bit. I've been on the road in the rules. A lot uh, of, uh, campaigning. Yeah. Just, uh, people, yeah. in the campaign, you go in yeah. cycles, you go back where you have to regroup. And I've been out for about three before that. I was really busy for a couple of days. Yeah. There are a lot of things happening right now up and down the state. There are. There's a lot of things happening up and down the country, too. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of stuff going on. I, I've been listening to the news, but usually I do a deep dive in the news every day, yeah. like an hour. In the last four days, I haven't had time to really do a deep dive. Heard a little bit on the radio. Well, you hear, you know the logistics, right? I mean, yeah. you're, you're, you've always been a registered Republican, right? Correct. Always. You know, even though say somebody said I wasn't, which is crazy. Yeah. Well, fact, I, I wish I brought my book <laughs> in today. I ran. I was nominated for uh, Congress. Oh, really? And I wish I brought that book in. It, uh, it shows the books and the process mm-hmm. that I went through. And then I went to run again a second time, and the war broke out. Right. I, I, good chance I would have won that uh, general election. And here you are again. Well, so, you know, I, giving it a go. I, I wasn't going to run, but it's sort of it's sort of the last shot in, in your life. And it's something I actually wrote down when I was a cadet at West Point mm-hmm. that I was going to run for U.S. Senate. I think it's awesome that you're doing it. Um, let's get people a little bit familiar with some of your takes on some national issues. Then we'll get to some local issues. Um, you're obviously, you've always been a registered Republican. I grew up a Republican. What, uh, if you don't mind me asking, did you vote for Donald Trump twice? I would assume you did. I Am did. I? No, okay. I did. I okay. Did. But, but you know, let me tell you, in the primary, mm-hmm. he was my last choice. Not that my last, I don't know if he's my last choice. In but 2020. As I Sorry. evolved the initial time, because mm-hmm. there's no choice the second time, right. I went through different candidates. I really like Rand Paul. He didn't last very long. Mm-hmm. Rand Paul is, Dr. Rand Paul. Yeah. And he leans towards the libertarian side. I find myself to be more of a libertarian Republican. Let me ask you this, though. Uh, Rand Paul was the one Republican 
who voted against 9-11 responders getting the health care that they deserved. Every other Republican voted for it. Every Democrat voted for it. Rand Paul did not. You served this country. What do you make of him doing that? And what do you make of the attacks, the constant attacks that he has on Dr. Fauci? By the way, he's not alone. Well, you know, and I did, you and I disagree on Fauci. <laughs> yeah. I think, but I understand that. I had to see uh. your opinion because you actually were in the hospital. Which I you was. Had experience that I didn't have. So and- listen, Dr. Fauci's not perfect. We all know that, right? <laughs> and um, he likes the camera, but I'm certainly going to listen to Dr. Fauci a lot more than I would listen to somebody like Rand Paul, who's an eye doctor. But when you listen, and again, I respect that right, you right, like Rand right. Paul, no problem. I didn't know about the 9-11, by the way. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. Rand Paul's one of those guys. And uh, I respect his father a little bit more. But what I don't like is when Rand Paul starts talking about COVID like he's some sort of infectious disease expert when he knows how to dilate eyes. All due respect. And But listen. That's why I don't personally like Rand Paul. Um, it's funny. That's that's yeah. one of the persons I, I do like. I think he stood out. And I think he, um, when it comes to the budget, mm-hmm. he is really on the numbers. I don't know if you know, I did check the numbers this morning. Yeah. That the tax revenues just came out. They're down 17%. And inflation is up slightly. It's gone, moved back up. So that's kind of a danger mm-hmm. sign. It's up a little bit this month. It, it was it was at 9% at one point. I think it's Correct. around three it's, and a half percent. It came down, but it, yeah. and, and the mm-hmm. trend just stopped and started moving back up again. Mm-hmm. So the Fed's going to meet again. We'll probably have to have a slight increase. But that's really a warning sign in our country at $32 trillion. And I think we have to stop spending money. We, If they just would not spend more than they take mm-hmm. in, I think we would not have inflation and we would not have this runaway. Uh, All right, let's talk about that. Yeah. So you heard what Nikki Haley said on the debate stage last month. She wasn't blaming Democrats. She wasn't blaming Joe Biden. She actually gave facts and she looked at proposals that Republicans put forth as opposed to Democrats. Republicans put forth a budget proposal three times more than Democrats. Yet I speak to so many Republicans every day that want to blame Joe Biden for inflation. When you look at actual the proposals put forth in voting records of Republicans, they want three times more money in there than Democrats do. And Nikki Haley was right when she said that on a debate stage. Well, so who do you blame? That's wrong. I blame any politician that puts a budget up that doesn't balance, period, mm-hmm. whether Republican or Democrat. And I, and I understand that. But Republicans are putting forth three times, at least they right. they proposed three times more. And when you look at Donald Trump, a man who you voted for twice, which you're allowed to. The second, second time, it was the only choice in the Republican Party. There's no in the primary. Republican Party? No primary. Right. Okay, yeah. so let me ask you this then. Um, Joe Biden is definitely not my choice. <laughs> and well, Joe and, Biden's and, not my choice and, either. And I have but, watched what's happening with Joe Biden yeah. right now. I saw some things in Nevada I thought were really crazy. My sister's a Democrat, mm-hmm. and she sort of evolved now. She's sort of back on the Republican side a little bit. And I remember um, in Nevada looking at the caucuses when uh, Hillary Clinton won. It didn't feel like she should have won that election, just looking at the support that she got throughout the state. Um, Bernie Sanders was running. So I would go with my sister to Bernie Sanders rallies mm-hmm. up in Reno, and I went to one at UNR, and it was 4,500 people at least in it. And then I tried to get in a Hillary Clinton because I'm a political hack, you know, sort of semi-retired mm-hmm. from the military and yep. seeing what's going on. I look at both sides, and it was a 300-person, four veterans, and I couldn't get in. Mm-hmm. She only had 300 people there. But I did try to get in, so who knows how many people she could have got. I do hear but, that a lot. But the people. bottom line, she did not have a lot of following. She did not have the support that Bernie Sanders had back in that election. I think Bernie should have won. I mean, just looking at his grassroots, he should I have won that I think he's too time. far left. Well, I agree. moderates like myself to vote for I agree, but he still had such a following. Maybe the maybe the other folks just didn't come out. It depends what you mean by following. If you're talking about people that will follow him at campaign rallies and events, that's, that's one thing. That's what I'm saying, yeah. But a lot of people say that about the 2020 election when Donald Trump had these huge crowds. By the way, when we were losing three, four, five thousand 5,000 people a day to COVID and 
Biden didn't have the crowds. I, I, I don't go to campaign rallies unless I have to. Um, I just don't, you know, we're different in yeah. that aspect and, and people well, have the right to go. I just don't go. I was, uh, when I ran for, um, when I won the nomination, I was up in the stand with mm-hmm. Dole going through. We had 8,000 people at one rally. It's pretty incredible. I was the third speaker. Hey, you know what? That's cool. Uh, people have a right to go to rallies. I didn't like it when Donald Trump, different than Bernie Sanders and Hillary, but yeah. during COVID, I thought it was extremely irresponsible that Trump was holding these campaign rallies in the heart of COVID. But I guess that's another story. Let me ask you this question. You're a hero. I know you're a modest guy. You don't like to call yourself a hero, as I would call any brave man or woman in, that served this country honorably, as obviously you did. So I want to ask you this question, because this mesmerizes me. I know you don't like Joe Biden. I know you don't like his policies. I know you're a Republican. I understand that. Yeah. I'm more worried but about China with Joe Biden. I understood. And we'll talk and we, about that. And, and we will I know t- a little bit about I that. I promise we will talk about that. But as someone like yourself who served this country honorably, when a man like Donald Trump, and I use that term loosely, says that he doesn't respect John McCain because he was captured, as someone like you who's a hero, how can you vote, even if you like all of his policies, how can you vote for somebody who talks like that about a POW? I don't understand. Strictly, that. strictly because of the policies. I thought that was atrocious. Mm-hmm. What he did. No, I, 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 what he said. Yeah, yeah. I, I, what he did against McCain or any of the veterans. I saw McCain in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And I saw Lindsey Graham too. Lindsey Graham never got out of the bunker, but McCain probably knew he had cancer then. Right. He'd go to the very front lines. He would request to go out in the helicopter and he would. He'd go out, had a great connection with the troops. And listen, there's a lot of people out there like you that, are going to take, doesn't matter what Trump says, I'm just going to go strictly by policy. And and, and I, I find it interesting. Um, but with that being said, Joe Biden did pass some some uh, some legislation to help people like you and to help people that are suffering with health care, whether it was the bill that he passed to help those that serve this country honorably, that are having breathing issues, health care issues. I know John Stewart was a big part of that. But even if Donald Trump is a is a convicted felon, Bill, um, and I know that's an if, but he is facing yeah. 91 felony counts, innocent until proven guilty. Would you still vote for Trump over Biden? And if so, no, I, I would not vote for Biden. You would never vote for Biden under no, any circumstance. No. I've, I, yeah. In one election here, I voted for an independent. Okay. Since I've been in Nevada. But you know what's probably going to happen here, right? Let's be logical about this. It's probably going to be Trump versus Biden, right? We, yeah. I, I don't yeah. think he will probably be prosecuted between now and the election. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. You might be right. I think with a, it'll, if something will happen after election, if it happens. Right. So what is it about Joe Biden? Like, what's at the top of your list that you say, man, I could never vote for that guy? What is it about Biden that you dislike so well, much? Well, you've got to be watching what's happening right now with the um, the relationship with his son, the computer, and the amount of money that was taken from him, up to $20 million over a period of time. I think that issue and the connections with China are the, are the scariest thing. I, I have a couple CIA friends that work with the Defense Threat Reduction Agency, and I work for the DIA. Mm-hmm. And you get to meet a lot of people, and you talk to them. Their biggest concern, and they're all retired. They've been retired for 10, 12 years, and they look at open source. Their biggest concern right now is China and what China is doing in the infiltration of China. Over in Reedley, California last month, they found a, a bio lab mm-hmm. right by Lemoore, which is the Navy's F-18 base. They all come in from the Pacific. Mm-hmm. And also that, that's right by the canal, the California aqueduct that goes down. There are so many Chinese cells in here right now, it'll make your head spin, at least we perceive. Mm-hmm. Now, what I used to do in uh, 2004 when I worked for the Defense Reduction Agency, I knew where all the cells, terrorist cells, we were watching and, and looking at. My job was to protect the uh, defense industry's logistics system, and I was on active duty at the time. So we worked with different agencies to find out 
the cells and what the threat were to those cells. You know, like it could be a train with a – I can't go into too much detail, but say a train has a bunch of um, – Petroleum products, chemicals, mm-hmm. things like that. They could blow it up in the right place. Right. Or let's say a power plant, which um, you could take down. We knew the processes, the systems, and we knew where they're – in California, for example, and this is in 2004, still had about six or seven cells that we were sort of watching. Mm-hmm. So the Chinese right now with the open border to the south, and that's a wide open border, and I think that's one of Biden's biggest issues. In fact, if you want to impeach him, impeach him on the open border right now and having no border. How are his policies different than Trump's policies when it comes to the border? Well, for one, the number of people were not coming across, so just the effect. He's captured more people, we, or had, he's, he's detained no, more people six, than six point two million. Mm-hmm. So two things he's doing: he has actually opened up. He he's giving. Um, he's opened up two pathways to come in without going across the board. They're apps. I think it's thirty five thousand a month, mm-hmm. and they come in through the traditional gateways, but they're still requesting asylum. Now that's the second thing in Afghanistan. Two of my tours, a civil affairs officer, and one thing a civil affairs officer did, special forces related, because mm-hmm. it's, it's a special forces side, is we worked refugee control, primarily from Pakistan, re, um, repatriating people back into Afghanistan, because the law says, the international law says, that the refugees are to go to the first safe space, and then they're to stay there, and that country has an obligation to protect them. And then when it's safe to go back to your country, you go back to your country. That's happening in Poland right now. Well, that's there, there are 8 million. Get this. Yeah. We have 6 million have come across in two and a half years. In a year and a half, there are 8 million Poles, primarily females, who are in, yeah. in Poland right now. That's I do want I do want to talk about immigration. Um, I want to, you mentioned a lot of different things. Let's go through them one by one. But I will say, as far as policy goes, Donald Trump's immigration policy was almost and is almost identical to Joe Biden. You are correct that more people are crossing the border illegally, but more people are also being detained. And the, and the overwhelming majority of people that are uh, over uh, that are in this country illegally are not those that cross the border illegally. They're those that overstay their visas. And Republicans and Democrats don't seem to want to talk about that. But I want to talk about the first thing that you mentioned, because I, I want to pick your brain about Joe Biden. Uh, I enjoy doing this because I want to get inside I, your I'll brain. Go back. No, I'm probably the only candidate who has actually worked on the border mm-hmm. and border wall. Sure, and I respect survey. that. And, and, and I, the first 60 Miles. Sure. It was and 1999. Absolutely. But I don't think this is a Republican or a Democrat no, I'm, problem. I'm I think just it's saying an no. American it's problem. some different things. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no question. You I respect have, that. you got to have a secure border. But, I, but this is interesting because I, I, I pick your brain about Joe Biden, which I want to do, and I respect your opinion. And the first thing you bring up is Joe Biden's son and the computer. Here's what we know and here's what we don't know. First of all, to this point, Republicans have found no evidence that Joe Biden committed any crimes. That's number one. And that's 100% foolproof. Number two. Um, I don't know, in regards to the Hunter Biden laptop, uh, there, it's a nothing burger to me. We know that Hunter Biden had a gun unloaded for 11 days when he was doing hard drugs. Now, he was just indicted. If they find that he committed serious crimes and he, and he goes to jail, fine, so be it. But here's the thing that is bothersome to me, and I don't know if it's bothersome to you, but Jared Kushner received $2 billion from the Saudis. Republicans don't want to talk about that. Donald Trump's daughter received upwards of $700 million. And by the way, these aren't just family members. These are people that were actually in Donald Trump's orbit working for him when he was president. And I feel like if the first thing people want to do is talk about Joe Biden's son, Hunter, private citizen, no evidence to this point, Joe Biden broke any laws. If he did, let's see the evidence. Republicans don't have it. But yet... Jared Kushner, two weeks after Trump leaves office, receives $2 billion from the Saudis. 
doesn't that concern you as well? And, 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 and why not also talk about that? Well, I haven't heard the Democrats even talk about that too much. No, I, I, have, I have. I, I have, and I try to listen to both Congress, sides. Congress, uh, there, there are people in office right now that are Democrats that are uh, attempting to open up well, an investigation. Well, let, me, let me tell you, when you go yeah. into public service in your family, everyone uh, is sacri- you know, gives up something. Mm-hmm. Well, I was a city councilman before the war broke out. I, my wife's a real estate broker. Mm-hmm. I had design, build, construction. I'd, I'd have to tell um, the people who were come to vote for me, the builders or mm-hmm. primary builders mm-hmm. and other folks, that if I did more than $1,000 work, I'd have to step down on your vote. And that's like a no vote. Right. So that's, you have to sacrifice. So no matter who you are, you have to sacrifice. And I get that. But what is it about the Hunter Biden situation that lead that? Because that was the first thing you mentioned. I think it's the Chinese connection that concerns me. I know a lot of high level folks. We're so close to a shooting war in China right now. There are so many spies within the United States, the southern border coming over. At least um, 5,000 Chinese nationals have come through the southern border. The other thing you don't realize is the cargo ships, and, and we know this for a long time, they've always been infiltrating in some women stuff to come in, especially pregnant women from China. Mm-hmm. That's been going on for a long time. We've had a Cold War with China a lot longer than you expect, think, and I think we're getting really yeah. close to the shooting war right now. I don't doubt anything you just I said. I mean, that, that's the biggest concern I have. Yeah, and and, and I have, I've, I've got three kids in the military. I, and uh, all the heroes. Uh, yeah. God love them. But well, they're, they're, they're in the military. We're not heroes. They're well, just, I know you're a modest guy, but they are. But but again, I, I go back to this because it was the first thing you mentioned, and, and, and not to belabor the point, but when you mention Hunter Biden and Hunter Biden's laptop, Republic, I, I'm an evidence well, guy. Well, there is circumstantial evidence. There's no doubt. And you know, you can be Nobody's con- under oath. You know you can be convicted on circumstantial evidence? I mean, you can, but Joe, there's no circumstantial evidence that Joe Biden committed any crimes. If there is, I'd love to well, hear Well, here's the circumstantial evidence. They've got, they're having hearings that'll come up. Yep. You, you know that money was transferred to his son. And we know we have recordings and, and states, the big guy, you know, Tim is the big guy and the son complaining about having to pay his father's debts. And then, you know, Joe and Biden, Joe Biden uh, situation in Ukraine where he had the um, I forgot who the minister was who was fired. It was the prosecutor who was fired. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there, that's called circumstantial evidence. You start putting it together. And then you had early on one of um, Biden's son's um, Biden's son's. Uh, partners he was a navy lieutenant commander i forgot his name mm-hmm. but i remember he came out and said the who the big guy was biden so you're starting to put circumstantial evidence together and that's how you eventually get to the facts and that's the facts are all pointing at biden and we'll know more after they do this uh impeachment uh, pre-hearings or investigation yeah not i the mean impeachment. We'll I, know more. I think mccarthy was pressured into doing this from the maga republicans out there i don't even think mccarthy wanted to do it um, and I haven't seen a there there. I haven't seen a smoking gun that Joe Biden did anything wrong. I mean, they're trying to say, hey, he was on this phone call with one of Hunter Biden's business associates, but still. Well, here's more circumstantial evidence. The amount of wealth that he's accumulated. Well, if, if, then if that's okay. I'm, I'm that, I just see, look, you have to look at everything. So if that's your smoke, concern, then why doesn't smoking. it concern you that, uh, going back to Jared Kushner getting or two Trump. billion? Well, it does. Or Trump. It does. But you would vote for him so again. If I, well, that's because the situation I see right now, first of all, isn't I, that hypocritical? I guess well, that's no, my I look question. at, I look at the Trump policies and that's why I vote for him. I'm, uh, so if, okay. I like what he did with the Supreme Court. I think. That has changed. That has changed the way it's gone more towards, um, in my book, more freedom and liberty, lower taxes, less. I think some women would disagree with you with that, with the overturning of Roe versus Wade would be the opposite of that. Well, it depends. It depends how you look at pro-life issues. Right. If you look at both of being a life, you say you're protecting a life. Six out of ten people in this country. uh, You're right. I know. I agree. uh, You know, well, here's how I feel. And then you tell me your stance on abortion. Okay. Um, First of all, I don't like calling it pro-life. I call it anti-abortion number one 
Uh, number two, I'm not pro-abortion. I'm not no. jumping up on a tr- trampoline when no, a woman no, has an abortion. No one's pro-abortion. Correct. Correct. Um, but I believe in a woman's right to choose. I agree with what Nikki Haley said, even though I disagree with her stance. I agree with what she said. No president's going to make it a law in this country. It's going to be state by state. Most Americans disagree with late-term abortion. I'm one of them. Um, but I don't like what the Supreme Court did. I don't well, like it. I think one of the issues in government is to protect life. Mm-hmm. And if that 40%, I'm in that 40%. Yeah. I'll say, say I'm opposed to assisted suicide, assisted suicide too. Right. In the United States. I think yeah. protection of life, I think it's just a bad policy for a country to go to. Let me ask you a question then. I respect your opinion, and you have the right to feel that way, and you have the right to have 100 kids if you want to. Right. I would never take that <laughs> right away from you. That's a lot of kids. I wish but... I had a few more. I have three. <laughs> in retrospect, I'd have more. Let me ask you this question. When Republicans say that they're pro-life, which I have no problem with, even though right. I would disagree with the stance, but no problem. But then they've, not you, but Republicans in office vote against governmental programs that will help that single mother raise that child. We could be talking about maternity leave. We could be talking about food stamps. We could be talking about welfare. Across the board, they vote against policies that would help that single mother raise that child. Number two, we have hundreds of thousands of kids right now that are waiting to be adopted. That's with abortion being legal in most states. I, I, it just it, it baffles me because if abortion is illegal, in some states, we're going to have millions and millions of kids waiting to be adopted. We can't even control it now. I know on uh, on, on young kids, young babies and mm-hmm. kids, that there's no shortage of people wanting to adopt kids. In fact, there's a ver- they, people have to go outside the country to adopt. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people have gone to Korea and different parts of the world, in Russia even, to adopt kids and get kids. It costs a lot of money. So there's definitely a need for that. Yeah. Let me, let's talk, go back a little bit. Okay. You said something about single mothers. What we need to do is figure out policies to bring families back together. Prior to 1965 and LBJ's Great Society, we had, we had people staying together in larger families of all races. I think that sounds great. I know staying, that's important though. I think it's really yeah. important for, I think, what, I heard this and I think it's, if we could figure out a way to keep families and get families together again, mm-hmm. that would be the number one thing we can do. But, but I've heard this the other day. The best thing that can happen to a kid is to have a, a loving parent, two of them. I agree. In, in a, 100% I'm yeah. with you, and that sounds great. And in a perfect world, I wish that could but happen. But we've gotten the wrong direction since 65. But why is it that Republicans vote against so many bills that could help that single mother raise that child? My personal let's, opinion, let's get bills that stop the single mother and bring the parents back together. Let's figure out a way. It's hard to put a bill together to, to force two people to not divorce well, each no, other. Well, no, no, it's mean, not I, that. It's it's uh, Some of it's financial because sure, a single mother with sure. multiple kids is going to get more than if you're married. You're making my point for me. And there again, when it comes to most government programs that help poor people or single mothers raise children, Republicans are on the side against those government programs. And my opinion is if you're going to call yourself pro-life, be pro-life, not just before the baby is born, but after the baby. Well, is born. I, I try to develop policies that bring families together, and I believe and, you, and and not and not hurt them financially if they're right. a family. Right. And that's a, I think it's a problem. A single mother is almost driven out. And in fact, if you if you look at there's a lot of writing on this about the Great Society and how it drove out the fathers in the black communities, mm-hmm. specifically in the black communities. Sure, and, but it did all even no matter what your race is, it yep. drew, drove them out. But there's yep. a lot of writings on that. Sure. Um, Listen, you're not alone. I know there's a lot of people out there going back to Joe Biden. They think this whole thing with Hunter. Listen, Hunter Biden's not a good guy. Let's just be honest here. He's not a good guy. Hunter's kind of a scumbag. There's a lot of bad guys out there, but but he's a scumbag. I say scumbag. He's sort of a loose cannon. Yeah, yeah, he's a bad guy, I say. 
That, but, but that doesn't mean that Joe Biden is a bad guy, and it doesn't mean that Joe Biden broke any laws. Now, if you're a policy guy, no problem. Too but. much stuff is coming out now. It's more than circumstantial. You know the calls that are coming in and the phones and the fake emails for Joe Biden. You're aware of that, right? That is, that's a lot of circumstantial evidence. The problem I have is— And you is, don't have to have but circumstantial evidence to convict somebody. The problem I have is there's no there there in direct evidence that Joe Biden broke any laws. And until there is, and if there is, then I am on your side 150%. But the problem is we have the other guy who's facing 91 felony counts. I've read the indictments. What he did is beyond disgusting. I would think like a a man of yourself with your stature. Lindsey Graham's also been... um so, so, I don't know that the grand jury is mm-hmm. I, he hasn't been arrested yet. Well, no you charges. saw what happened on January 6th, right? Let's just use that. Yeah, as an it was example. pretty disgusting. Horrible, right? Yeah, Horrible day I, for America. But now, is there more behind the scenes? That's the question. How much was that set up? How many other people were infiltrated into that other than Trump? Well, all I, can, I think I think it was really bad judgment. It's bad leadership on Trump's part. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, over a thousand people have already been convicted. They've had their day in court to be able to defend themselves. I think if memory serves you me right. You ask me who I'm supporting now? Sure. Ron DeSantis. Okay. I mean, that's not popular, but that's who I'd rather have than Trump. Boy, that's a tough one for me to answer. I don't know who I'd rather. All right. We can go that route. <laughs> um, we can go that route. He, now, his personality, I think Trump is getting a lot better in politics. If you look how he presents himself and how he mm-hmm. works, he hasn't made any huge mistakes in a few years since he's you know been mm-hmm. out. So I think he's going to be a tougher politician. And uh, I think he's going to probably win the primary. Yeah. But I think Ron DeSantis. His poll I, numbers continue to drop. Yeah. Yeah, but let's talk about Ron DeSantis since you're a supporter of his. Um, So I respect his service to this country as I would do yours as well. I said enough when he sent uh, those people, those migrants on that plane to Martha's Vineyard and used literally human beings. One woman was pregnant, another child, as political pawns to score political points. Um, That's something that a lot of other Republicans would not do. When he did that, I said enough is enough, that's it. Um, He always talks about gender ideology and these culture wars and what he dislikes but i don't hear a lot of things coming out of his mouth that would actually help the country you saw what took place with disney uh, and i know people don't like some people that support desantis don't like to characterize his bills that don't say gay bill but let's just call it for what it is a teacher can't say to a student it's okay to be gay or they'll, they'll be fired and sued i think that's absurd uh while i don't believe teachers should be able to be graphic with young children uh there's a line uh you know that you shouldn't cross uh, there are a lot of things. And by the way, per capita in Florida, people don't want to talk about this. There were more deaths from COVID per capita in Florida than almost any other state in the country. So, no, I don't think Ron DeSantis did a good job. I, I've never heard that fact about the COVID in Florida. Per capita, per capita. More people died from COVID in Florida than almost. I think they were third in the country, if I'm not because mistaken. Because of the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. The number of people. Right. Well, per capita. Per capita um, but yeah. those are the things about Ron DeSantis I don't like. I saw him on a dis- debate stage a few weeks ago, and it looked like he just had memorized statements. Yeah. You know, he, he's one of the few people on that stage that talked about wokeness and transgenders. Let me give you another example of what I'm talking about. And then you're the man who served this country. So I want – he was asked by Trey Gowdy on Fox News a few months ago, if you're the president of the United States, how are you going to end the war in the Ukraine? The first thing out of his mouth was gender ideology. I find that to be embarrassing and laughable. Uh, he made some mistakes in that debate. There's no doubt. Yeah. Why do you mistakes. like him, though? Tell me some of the characteristics of – I'm curious. Well, I, I think, first of all, Trump would be okay as president. I think his policies would continue on. I think he'd do a better job. So in that aspect, Trump would do fine. I think Ron DeSantis is a younger Trump. I think he's tough. I think he'd get things done, and I think he's very sharp. I think he'd have a great cabinet. 
and I think the cabinet, the quality of people you put mm-hmm. around you is really critical. I think that's probably one of Trump's biggest mistakes he made when he started. Some of the people around him, and, and he didn't <laughs> he said know. he hired only the best people. He did, yeah. and he went yeah. through a lot of people, yep. but he yep. didn't know how to pull that team together and work. And that was a mistake. I think Ron DeSantis, especially his military background, will be able to pull a team together and have a good country. We need a, a process to bring us back to health, bring us back together, both sides, Republicans and Democrats working together, like Tip O'Neill and Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan's still my favorite president. They talked, they worked, they drank together, but they didn't fight. They fought, but it fought in a civil way. Reagan, most of my Republican friends are what I call Reagan Republicans. They're somewhere in the middle. They're fair. They're honest. They call out Donald Trump for the despicable human being that he is. Uh, most of the Reagan Republicans that I know are not Ron DeSantis supporters. Um, I don't think Ron DeSantis is the, and this is just my opinion, uh, is the guy that will bring people together. Now, I, I will say this. I was impressed with Nikki Haley. In the debate, because even though I disagree with her on a number of very important issues, she sounded like a moderate Republican up there on the stage. And I appreciated that. She called out Republicans when they deserve to be called out. She called out Mike Pence. Um, I don't think we need any more MAGA Republicans in office anymore. I think we need some fresh faces. That could be anybody. Um, I appreciate the fact that Chris Christie is on the right side of history now. Where was he five years ago? That's kind of like my take six years ago, my take on Chris Christie's Christie. all over the place. Yeah. He flip-flops. Well, I agree with you there. Um, and there's somebody I have on this show a lot, Joe Walsh, who is a former presidential candidate. He's a friend of the yeah, show. And I know who he is. Yeah, he was somebody who really endorsed Donald Trump. And, and now he's he's taken uh, the other side, no question. But I was impressed with Nikki Haley. I had Vivek Ramaswamy on the show a few weeks ago. Um, I think he's trying to become the vice president. That's what I personally – what are your thoughts on him? Nikki Haley or Vivek Ramaswamy. Oh, what are your thoughts I, on him? No, he's sharp. I just don't know enough about him. I'm studying. Yeah. I mean, I think he's amazing how well he communicates. Yeah. He's the best communicator out there. He's young. He's 38 years old. Mm-hmm. He is young. He, he uh, He's using social media well. Mm-hmm. There's, You know how you talked about politics? This is some of the mechanics of politics. Politics is a unique thing. And he is using politics the way I would like to see, the way a good campaign is run. So I think he's running a pretty darn good campaign. Now he's got a lot of wealth. Independent wealth. But he's running a good campaign the way he's gone out, the way he's talked, and the way he's communicated and connected with people. He is a very articulate, intelligent guy. There's no question yeah. about that. But I use the term hypocrisy. Hey, can, can we go back, way back? Uh, sure. Politics is changing. You know how you talked about not going to rallies? Because mm-hmm. I wanted to finish up something. Sure. You know, Biden the last time didn't have rallies. He had the circles and all mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And then Trump had the big rallies. Mm-hmm. I've always had a theory and I sort of proved it a couple times, helping people and working different campaigns. I do that since I retired. I did it before when I was a city council vice mayor. I used to help a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. I had to design bill construction. We had our own marketing. Right. But I was convinced that you could get people elected by direct mail, targeting, and a message, and just pulling them out from time to time and not making mistakes. Mm-hmm. And I think I think you saw that in the last campaign, in the Biden-Trump campaign. Mm-hmm. Biden wasn't, wasn't out at all. And he's still not out. You know you got to look at him. He doesn't do well as pressers. In fact, he does few pressers. He's not, not too He's, sharp. L- let me be clear, Bill. I don't want Joe Biden to run again. <laughs> I know. Okay? I can imagine. He no, wasn't. Does anybody want him to run again? He wasn't my first, second, or third choice. He wasn't my 10th choice. Yeah. I want somebody younger in office. I don't, nobody in this country, I don't think, wants Donald Trump versus he, Joe well, Biden. You know Biden's not running the country. Well, I don't know if I'd go that far. Well, look at him. He can't put five words together well. I well. Dis- I disagree with that. Um the man's in his 80s now. He's it's, not, not sh- it's not the age. It's just his, yeah. I mean, his listen. Mental capacity. Well, listen. I'm not a doctor. He's not a spring chicken. Neither is Donald Trump. He's pushing 80 as well. Yeah, but he's a lot sharper. 
Um, I think he's a lot more dangerous. Um, you know, <laughs> well, so who's running the government? Well, Joe Biden's the president of the United States. I've heard a lot of people. What if we were attacked there. by China right now? Would he have the ability to respond? I think he has a lot of intelligent people around him that would. Yes. You know, the people around him. Yeah. Um, sure. Um, but, but he's not making the decisions. Well, who do you think is then? I don't He's know. He's the president in the United States. I don't know. I've heard a lot of conspiracy theories that Barack Obama's running the country. Somebody with- is, but it's not him. Why do you say that, though? Because he's not capable of running the country from looking at him. He doesn't do pressers. He can't talk. He, he does do pressers. Yeah, but he never has a successful Donald pressure. Trump won a year without doing a press conference. Were you saying the same thing about him? I didn't know that. I don't think he went. Donald Trump, look it up. Donald Trump went one year without holding a press conference. And then when but he did. He used to talk to people on the lawn all the time. He constantly engaged people. When he got out the helicopter, he'd talk. He'd stop for 20 minutes. That's like a presser. He did that constantly. So you got to say he was communicating better. I, I don't think it's communicating better when you take coronavirus press conferences and turn them into campaign rallies and say. But even the Democrats are saying this guy should not run again. 78% of Democrats in pollings. I agree. I mean, it's really skyrocketing. Because they want. Like 60. Because like me. Yeah. They want somebody younger in office. So who do you want? Um, failed governor of California? Well, I, I don't know if I'd call him a failed governor of California. Um, but California um, is hurting right now. Well, the country uh, is hurting right now. And I, th- I don't think that's just a Gavin Newsom Do you, do you think Nevada's hurting right now? I think there are a lot of people in this country that are hurting, and I don't think that's because of Democrats. I think that's for a lot of different reasons. I think our state's doing better than most, tell us it's being uh, up and down. We're, we're doing better than California, yeah. um, but... Gavin Newsom, young guy, well-spoken. I think Booker's a young guy, well-spoken. Um, if you ask me right now, and I know she's never going to run, but it would be Michelle Obama because she would destroy every I'm, single Republican. I'm not sure that she's not going to run. I think she would I've win. heard that, but why didn't she announce by now if she was? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, she. I, well, she doesn't have the... I don't know. I think she would win, though. And that's that's, that's no Repu- no Republican Republicans would be her. Republicans are scared are are afraid of Michelle Obama. As far uh, as people that are in office, well, they should be afraid of her. She's ex- extremely intelligent. Yeah. She's well educated. She's well spoken. Um, but Nikki Haley is somebody that I, if I had to vote, if it was her versus Joe Biden, that would be a very difficult decision for me. Um, there's, uh, I'm going to be honest. How, how about Kennedy? I mean, you don't want Kennedy. Conspiracy theorist. Because of the, uh, Well, he's a conspiracy issues. theorist. I think he's a moron. Uh, I mean, he's a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> he's, he's in good shape. He's a, well, I don't care if someone's in good shape. What good is that? If they say idiotic things. No, I'm just like, saying. I mean, he has said some absolute moronic things about the vaccines. Um, I mean, I could quote them. Uh, I mean, just a, a few months back on the audio and the video. Uh, of, of him saying that, uh, he feels like COVID was shouldn't you know, he be targeted allowed, to sh- certain people. Shouldn't he be allowed to debate Biden? He's got 20, 25% in the Democrat party. I mean, I would never vote for him because I think he's a conspiracy hey, theorist. I don't have, a pro- hey, I have no problem with anybody debating anybody. Hey, hey we got to talk about the Senate campaign. What do you think? If you watch the Senate campaign, the eight of us, I'll tell you what, let's do that. Uh, let's take a, br- a break no first. Break? Okay, yeah, yeah. Let's take a break first. Okay. Uh, but just to answer your question, Nikki Haley is somebody that I maybe could see myself voting for. That's good. Uh, there are some Republicans out there that, uh, I mean, Mitt Romney just decided that he's done. Um, anybody who talks against Donald Trump or speaks out against him, it seems like the career is over. Liz Cheney, another one, a perfect example. But uh, I think there are some decent Republicans out there. They're few and far between these days. Uh, that's just my personal opinion. I'm talking about those that are running for president. Um, but Nikki Haley is certainly somebody. I don't have any problem with Nikki. I mean, most of the candidates up there would do a better job than Biden. I was, all, in fact, all of them would do a better job than Biden. Well, in my I, book, that's that's your opinion. I would I would respectfully disagree with you on that. And maybe we can get into that a little more when we come. But hey, if you're just joining us, he's Bill Conrad. Uh, he. Uh, Served this country honorably, certainly a hero. He's running for senator. Happy to have him in studio. Uh, We'll take some phone calls maybe on the other side, too. Let me give out that number, 702-221-7283. 
Uh, always a good spirited debate with anybody that comes in the studio that voted for Trump. I always like uh, having good spirited debates with them. And, and again, taking your phone calls, 702-221-7283. If you have a question for Mr. Conrad, comment for me or for Mr. Conrad, now's the time to do, uh, do it. Again, 702-221-7283. Take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll probably get into maybe some local politics as well. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Buddy, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub? And you can be a hero. Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent, on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full-scale of printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. everybody. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes and more. 
They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. Office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Steiner, the Nevada Style Pub invites you to play the best tavern, keto, and video poker in Vegas. Promers are how we roll, so make the most of your gaming dollars here with us. Come play our proud partner gaming promotion, Fly Aviators Fly, and receive daily free play, bonuses, and more. With a chance to win awesome brand of prizes and big money for all the jackpots each week. It's not only great gaming that Steiner's Pub has, it's the 24 awesome rotating draft beers. Vegas is best appetizers to match. So join us in supporting your Las Vegas Aviators, Golden Knights, Lights, Aces, and the Raiders as we make history in Vegas. Steiner's, the Nevada Style Pub at 8410 West Cheyenne, 1750 North Buffalo, and Las Vegas Boulevard at Windmill. Steiner's, I love this place. Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Friday. Thank you so much for joining us. We got uh, internet sensation Nicole Mitchell joining us, hour number two. I want you guys to check out my good friends at Jackson's Bar and Grill, located at Flamingo and Jones. Great promotions there, great gaming bar, great food, and great atmosphere. And even better, great place to watch the games on Sunday and play. Uh, every Wednesday, a chance to spin a wheel to win up to $3,000 if you earn enough points, and it's, it's not hard to do so. Please check them out. Jackson's Bar and Grill, located at Flamingo and Jones. If you're just joining us, we're joined by Bill Conrad, a man who served this country honorably. He's running for U.S. Senate 2024. He has run for office before. We're getting into a lot of issues, and I also said that we'll be taking your phone calls now. 702-221-7283. And again, the number to call if you want to be a part of the conversation, 702-221-7283. I do want to talk about China a little bit before I get back, before I get to the phone calls. Um... You did mention your concerns, Bill, with China and Joe Biden at the helm. But what I do say to people, and I think it's a fair concern to have, I'm not discounting that, but COVID was created in China when Donald Trump was president of the United States. Does that concern you at all? Well, actually, the labs, Fauci was running those labs, was funding them through, um, I forgot the name of the subcontractor. Mm-hmm. But, those but, were but all COVID years. was created when Donald Trump was president. Of it the was United released. States. It broke out right, right towards the end of his election. If right. it hadn't been created, he would have been reelected. If that hadn't happened, he would have been reelected. And during that time, the president of the United States, Donald Trump, was praising president of China at that time constantly. Well, that's the w- one thing about Trump that I didn't like. I didn't like how he handled COVID at all, period. How about when he's on an, a stage with an evil, murderous dictator like Vladimir Putin and he takes his side uh, on election interference over our own CIA and FBI. Well, first of all, our own FBI has some corruption internally, and that's well known. And I well don't doubt that. I don't well doubt documented. that. You know, you know what the FBI's number one mission is? Number one real mission is to go after his spies in the United States. That's but, what their but, job but, is. But with right that now. being said, when you have a, a president on a stage siding with an evil, murderous dictator, that's one thing I will definitely give Joe Biden credit for. He called him what he is. So did everyone else on that debate stage yeah. a few weeks ago. Vladimir Putin is an evil, murderous dictator. Not only has Donald Trump never even come close to saying that about Vladimir Putin, but he took his side on a world stage over our own FBI. And I think that's that's the definition of weakness. Is that early on before the FBI actually falsified the the dossier, the false dossier, and went after him in the uh, impeachment? Which I, I don't that, know. Which was a, a FBI. Those guys should have gone to jail. A lot of people in the FBI should be in jail right now. But regardless of what happened with the dossier— it, for a, for a president of the United States to side with or to, to, to rewriting love letters to Kim Jong-un, I find that to be despicable, and well, I think that, that that's just weakness. Well, what he did, what, he reduced the uh, 
the conflict at the time and less chance of war. We didn't have any war during Trump's time. And look at look at the disasters under the Biden administration, the pullout in Afghanistan. I got 12 people out during that time. And the pullout, we were supposed to keep, I know for a fact, because I worked on the plan, mm-hmm. we were supposed to keep 600 Marines in, in Kabul and 2,000 Marines around Bagram. Bagram's a beautiful base. It's well protected, has SeaWiz, SeaWiz uh, Navy uh, anti-missile defense around it. It's a good base. And we should have kept that. And we didn't. And it was a disastrous pullout. That was under Biden. That was his biggest mistake. And then we had the war in Ukraine break out right after that. That's because we look weak. And now China is getting very aggressive. That's because we look weak. And we are weak. Look what he's done to the military. One thing he did with COVID, Biden, is he forced the, the shots on folks. And there's a good number of people in the military didn't want to take the shots for religious my son for religious accommodations initially, but some for just because they didn't believe or didn't believe that the EUA, which it's actually against the law to force an emergency use authorization shot on military personnel. So he, he is really limited and that allowed the people over 20 all to retire. So he lost a lot of good officers and enlisted. And then a lot of folks don't want to go in now under him and the woke policies he's putting in are actually destroying it too. And my kids are right in there. I mean, they, they were in the academy. Can uh, you help me help me understand that? Uh, give me an example of like a woke policy. Um, okay. Um, I've got a good friend whose son, who, who was a Green Beret captain. He yep. didn't take the shots. He survived. Mm-hmm. By the way, a majority of Green Beret teams that I was in falsified their documents for their shots. Mm-hmm. I know that for a fact from talking to a number. Yeah, we just falsified them. They, they justify the means. But let me tell you what. This just I just got this three weeks ago. This is horrendous. So there's a a major who is a Green Beret in seventh group mm-hmm. who did a sex gender transition and wants to be called ma'am now. He refused to call her ma'am, says, I'm out of here. I'm done with this military. I survived the COVID. I'm done. And a lot of people are leaving because of that. But that's not really a policy, though, right? Like what? what that's a policy. The, the tr- gender transition in the military is a policy. That should never be. should never spend a dime in the military in gender transition. Okay, so... Do you believe, though, that if you are transgender and you've already transitioned, that you should be allowed to serve in the military? No, I don't think you should be able to serve in the military. Why? What do you care what somebody does with their body? Because of morale of the soldiers in the military. What do you mean morale? It affects morale. When you get it, when you have, let's say the infantry. I was out in the infantry, face-to-face, at forward operating bases. You're close in. It, It doesn't work well. It just, you can't have somebody transitioning to a female from male in special forces. Why? Because... Of the, uh, it's just it destroys morale in the military. Look, why the Green Beret just got out. People. So if out. I told you that, well, well if somebody's strong, so there's still a lot of religious people too in the military, and it goes absolutely against their religion. So do what you want to do. But this is the military. This is the military's so one, number religion, one mission is to protect you and me and right. our families in this nation from losing this country. And it, it hurts. What does it have military. to do with what's between your legs? I, like I don't understand. With all due respect, I don't know if someone is willing to risk their life for this country. What does it matter whether they have a, a surgery or not? I'm talking about before. I just tell you, it destroys morale within the unit. That's it, case after case. It's destroyed morale. So you're going to treat somebody differently. I'm also, for what it's worth, even though I have my daughters, mm-hmm. and they're, they're Biden has really increased the number of women in combat arms. That's hurting the military too. You can't put women in the infantry forward lines what if they can pass a physical test just like a man a few can can, but not many can it still destroys it destroys there's a there's a fighting power it's hard to explain and maybe that i'm really wrong on this but that's what i believe and that's what i've seen and that's how you're entitled to your beliefs and i have two daughters who went to west point and one one is a all the power to one is a i guess i guess this is where we disagree um if you're willing to risk your life for this country 
Number one, I don't care what's between your legs. And I think if some people, it ruins morale, then I think they have their own issues and that's well, on you know, them. First of all, it costs money for the military to do that okay, transition. Okay, but, but hold on. Now, I'm not talking about that, Bill. Okay. And I, I tend to agree with you, by the yeah. way, on that point that you're making. I don't think we should have to pay for transgender surgery if you're in the military. So I'll give you that. I agree with you. I'm talking about someone that already had the, the surgery. If they can pass a physical test and they're willing to risk their life for this country, if there are people in the military that say that ruins morale, then I would say that's on them because I, in my personal opinion, it's a bigoted approach. Um, I, I don't understand well, it. My, my son um, got accepted to West Point. Right. And he hadn't taken his physically yet. He broke his arm right here. He lost 10% of his movement. Oh, I'm sorry to hear so that. So the yeah. Air Force runs all the physicals, and it mm-hmm. didn't allow him to go into any of the academies. We went back, and we got a, a, a captain in the Navy actually to sign off and give him – and he actually went right. to the Coast Guard Academy. Sure. But the military is a tough place. It's not a place to experiment. Understood. Let me, let me tell you one of the positives about the military. Mm-hmm. I think we're way ahead of integration in the military with our society. In fact, prior to Obama, I don't think we had a race issue at all in the military. And mm-hmm. that's another thing that they're bringing up, that there's, there's a race issues within the military. That didn't exist, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And it seemed like under Obama, it started to come up because of the idea of inequality and that that certain gender has privilege over another gender being a, you know promotions and development to be balanced i don't think any should gender should have best. i agree with you 150 percent. so that leads to, to to my point i guess if you have a trans and then we'll get off the subject but if a transgender individual i don't care if it's man versus uh, to woman you know woman, it's so man. so anti the culture a lot of the soldiers come out of the south a lot of the troops come out, and they're not. And parents, I can tell you how many parents I know who are West Point grads that I don't want my kids to go to the military anymore. You're losing a lot of folks. And let me because tell you another thing. Trans- and, and the woke, and the woke, and there's a lot of woke tendencies. The woke, they're trying to recruit woke into the military. Just look at the commercials they were putting out two and three years ago. And I'll tell you what, the woke don't want to be in the military when they get there. I'm, I know I talked to a lot of folks. You, you've seen some of the commercials, like Sally's Got Two Moms. The army. Who cares if they have two moms? I, it doesn't Bill, I don't help understand. morale. I mean, this this is about life and death. This is about you know what the bottom line of an infantry. What does life and do? death have an to do with whether somebody has two moms or two dads? An infantry soldier has to go kill somebody. I, sure, you don't want to. It's life I'll and death be, decisions. I am with you one hundred fifty. I'm with you one hundred fifty percent. But there's no data that would prove that if you have two moms, that's going to change the way you behave. Risk. We've never had. We've never had a high propensity of women in the military i'm just just the woke culture then, then there should be a, a physical test i'm with you on but, that i mean it, it's but if a transgender can pass let's that say physical you don't test, like the, let's say you don't like the folks let's say you don't like the folks who don't believe that a woman should be in there for two moms i'm or, or they don't want to go in because who they, cares they, what, they, what, what kind of parents they have like i don't understand you know, that. but by the way and the recruiting goals figure this the marine corps who stayed away from that for the most part mm-hmm has the only organization is are meeting their recruiting goals. The army right. is down by 15% right now. They're going to, you know, it's 50, 50 years without a draft. I don't like the draft, but they might have to bring back the draft because of the, the shortage of people in the military. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a cultural thing. It's coming out of the South. Why do you think? What, what's a cultural thing? Anti-transgender? No, the, the military, military has a lot of culture. Most of the people in the military, it's only but, 1%. They come from families who've been in the military and a majority still come out of the South. But what Southern culture States. are you referring to? The culture of I have to have a dad and a mom and I can't have two moms or two dads? Because to me, that's not a culture. Well, that's just, just you, you judgmental of people. You don't have to advertise it. Remember, does ask, don't tell? That was a, probably a good policy. Well, what do you mean? Okay, so that's a, different, that's a different topic now. That was under Clinton, and that was a 
pretty good policy. That seemed to work. It's quiet. I have people in my family who are gay, and I had any issue with my family being gay. I don't think I don't think there's anything wrong with being proud of who you are, whether you have two moms yeah. or two dads. I'm my- just saying though, within the military though, it's a cultural thing. You've got soldiers. You've got 17, 18, and 19, and 21 year old soldiers in the mm-hmm. Korngal Valley. Two days before we went. My second deployment, we lost nine guys mm-hmm. in a forward operating. Base. Listen, you're not. It's gonna, a bloody nasty. I place. understand, and I am and, not. And look at look at Sam, look at Sam Brown. Sam I, Brown got blown up. I I understand. Because, I am not going to discount. And, and his, as, his driver got killed. It is why I understand, and that's why I call every single person yeah. who serves this country honorably, like yourself, an absolute hero to this nation. And I would never discount the seriousness. You are risking your life for the freedoms that we yeah. have. My only point, and I think this is where we disagree. I don't care. I don't care if they have eight parents that are moms or eight parents that are dads, and I don't care what's between their legs. So as long as they can do the job and they're willing to risk this life for this country, I don't think that should hurt morale. In fact, you should be welcomed, and I just don't understand it. Same thing with a police officer or a firefighter or a teacher or a radio host. Why do people care so much what's between your legs? So long as you can do the job, why not just let people be who they are? Well, let me tell you why the the... the the special forces captain got out after mm-hmm. he survived because he's he's a very strong Catholic. He actually went to the monastery before he became an officer. Gotcha. So I'm telling you why he specifically got out. Okay. So you are losing people like that. And he was a good officer. So he decided not to serve this country because there are transgenders in the military. Well, he, I guess it was what was his reason? His strong religious convictions that that's wrong. In, well, in he's entitled case. to that. He doesn't have to serve them. Yeah. But I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's never happened before. We never had transgenders in the military until now, until under Biden. We now we had them in support in the contractor world, which is fine. I remember when I went to flight school. I went to flight school as a captain. Um, one of the instructor pilots who had been in Vietnam as a warrant officer had done was uh, done some kind of transgender type environment. This is okay. a long time ago. Yeah. So it's out there, but it wasn't a big deal. But, I mean, but I, when you force it right now, it's just. It's just, we're a crazy world. I, I truly believe that we're going to be in a fighting war with China within a year. Mm-hmm. I think there's a good high probability of a year to 18 months because China has a window. And they'll probably, you know, blockade Taiwan and probably go into Taiwan and we'll have to see what happens. You know, we're building runways right now in Philippines and, and some of the outer banks and different, some of the uh, some islands we had uh, during World War II. There's eight different runways being built. In fact, they're moving a lot of people. Um, my daughter's uh, classmates are over in the Philippines right now. Who are in oh, wow. Building, I, I, building runways. I did, I did not know that. In all, Florida. all the power to a man. My that, daughter was awesome. on call. By the way, she just got pregnant. So Congratulations. She's trying to become a JAG officer. Hopefully it speeds yeah. up towards going to law school. I guess, um, Bill, and then I, I, I certainly want to get to some of the local topics. Yeah, let's but talk about the campaign. I do. I just want to say one more thing. Um, I think this is a fundamental difference, and I'm going to generalize yeah. now. I don't like to. Today, a fundamental difference between Republicans and Democrats today, it is, I want people, and I'm an independent, but I lean to the left on social issues. There's no question about that. I want people to live their lives. I want people to be who they are. I don't feel like everybody's being indoctrinated or people being forced to do things. There might be a couple instances here and there. So somebody be forced to be, you probably, I know how you come back, but somebody, if somebody really disdains the idea of a, a gender transition or mm-hmm. something like that, mm-hmm. or a uh, mm-hmm. uh, what is it? The um, just it, it sustains the lifestyle. Should they be forced to be in that lifestyle? Around of course life? not. 
Should they be forced? To, who's being forced well, to be the around military, them? You have to be around. Then don't be in the military. Oh, Should I be? That's, so that's what I'm telling you. That's what's happening. Well, I think that's people a bigoted approach. People aren't going, but that's what's happening. So if I you, own, just, you just made my point. Right. 20, 30 percent. In you're fact, not, the call is even going out stronger to parents not to have their kids go in the military. So if I don't like somebody because I'm, of the color I'm, of their skin, should I be forced to hang out with them? I mean, that's really what you're saying. Because it's, their it's sexuality is different than yours? I mean, that's what we're talking well, about here. The military, for some Think reason, about the, that. the military has done well in integration. It's not based on, I never would base anybody on the color of their skin. Do you period. know why transgenders and people that are gay for many years, uh, people say, well, we didn't have these type of people in the military because they were afraid no, to be who they are. There are gay people in the military and it was fine. Under don't ask, don't. Well, there were a lot of people that had a problem with that also on the right. They had a problem with people who were gay in the military. There were people that had a problem with that too. I, there I are was, still people I, today I that have a problem. I served in that environment. I thought it was, it was an okay. It, was, it worked. And I'm not opposed to somebody being gay. I'm just telling you what happens to mm-hmm. the young soldier. What happens to the, the 17, 18, 19, 21-year-old who comes from a family who's maybe multi-generation in the military. Mm-hmm. And they're good people. But they just are not going in right now because of the woke policies of the Biden administration. Well, you know what I would say to those people, to a hero, a young 17 or 18-year-old that you're yeah. talking about that might have a problem with transgenders? I would say, I was brought up to treat people as equals, no matter whether they're different than me. It could be sexuality or whether they're transgender. Here's the most important thing, in my opinion. They have a good heart like yours. They can do the job like you can do the job, and they're willing to risk their life for this country. And let's put aside sexual differences. Or per- that's what okay, I would say. In the say meantime, to that in the real world, we're about to go to war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and a lot of people aren't going to the military. Well, if people don't want to be in the military and they don't want to risk their life for this country because they don't want to work along someone else who wants to risk their life because their sexuality might be different or they're a transgender, then I would say I probably don't and want that person and, you know, serving the military. The number of transgenders are very small in the military. I mean, that's one case in Special Forces. It's yeah. the only case I know. Yeah. And the only other case I knew is uh, one of the instructors mm-hmm. in flight school who wasn't in the military. He was a contractor. So you think – And we have – also we had um, – I can't think of his name. Not Bergdahl. Yeah. Bergdahl is one of AWOL. Mm-hmm. But, in fact, I was over there in the talk. The kid, I know, I know the kid's name. He went to Leavenworth after uh, transferring uh, to WikiLeaks the data. I was in Bagram when that happened. Um, yeah, he did a transition surgery at Leavenworth, and then was given a uh, pardon by Obama. I yeah. think that she'll, that's a, that's a definitely a different Man, situation. Manning, Manning yep. was his name. Yep, became a her. That's another one. I mean, that stuff started him. I just don't think it's a good policy. It's not if you want to. If you're outside, I mean. I don't know what it physically does to you when you do a transition and you start doing hormones, things like that. can't be good for your body. I'm just, I'm not a doctor. Like, Well, you know. cigarettes probably aren't good for and, your body. Drinking probably isn't bad. good for your body. I think there's a lot of soldiers wi- that do that. Red and, wine is okay in moderation. Yeah, there's a lot of things that people do that might not be good for their body, but if someone is physically able to do the yeah. job. You know, um, they've tailored that a lot, too. You can have a DUI and be in the military. You'll well, get one you might. Get I don't have a problem with that. I'm, I don't, s- I'm just saying that used to yeah. be people at DUIs. I don't like have a problem with 40 that. years ago. Yeah, yeah. Listen, and stayed in. I don't have a problem with that. Um, but uh, all right, we'll agree to disagree on that. Let's one. talk about the election. How much yeah. time we have? Uh, we got about 15 minutes. Oh, um, 15, okay. you know, there are a lot of things locally that I'm uh, frustrated with with certain candidates. Uh, some of your opponents, for example, you mentioned Sam Brown. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Republican chair? First of all, Michael McDonald. You have any opinions on him? What are your thoughts on him? Do you support him? What are your thoughts on Michael McDonald? I, I've always, even I've told people, I always, I, I sort of say hi to him. I'm cordial to him. I sort of stay away from the state party. But I, here's what I hope they do, that they do the same thing that the Democrats did. The Democrats did a great job of going out and getting ballots, the uh, all mail-in ballots, 
And I think you're going to see Republicans do that. So that's their main job is make sure they get the ballots in the mail mm-hmm. and uh, vote and get people to vote. In fact, I, I've i been looking more and more at the numbers. Actually, slightly more Republicans voted yeah. than registered Democrats in the last cycle. It was the independents that went over to the Democrat side. So their job is to go out and get the ballots, especially yep. from the independents, and get them to turn them in and not wait to the last day. I know a lot of people wait, you know, voted on Election Day. I, I voted by mail. Mm-hmm. I threw mine in on Saturday. Do you believe that uh, – the question I didn't ask you, but it uh, goes local and national. You believe uh, Joe Biden – I know you don't like Joe Biden. You won't vote for him. I understand that, but right. different question. I don't like his policies. I, understood. I'll, as an individual, I don't know. Understood, but, but this is a different question. Do you believe that he is a free and fair elected president? Yes. You do? Okay. Yeah, you I've know why I asked that. that, though, right, Bill? Because there's a lot of Republicans out there that won't no, answer the question. I, I, like I've always said that. I think what the Democrats did is they out-campaigned – not campaign, but out-worked the system sure. with the absentee ballots, which we didn't Maybe. have. Republicans intensely do better when there's not absentee. Well, Trump told people not to mail-in ballot. That was wrong. That was Again, right. That was I wrong. Agree. I did. I put mine. <laughs> right. I, again, I, Trump is not my number one choice, mm-hmm. but I think he had good Biden's policies. not my number one choice. You know, he no. was. He had good policies, though. And he'd probably do fine in the second cycle, I would guess. Well, he, he's he already said that he would be uh, four years of retribution, uh, going after all the Democrats and everybody that went after him. It would be a four years of uh, – so I, I tend to disagree with you on that. I think that would be a very dangerous thing to do. Well, there's something wrong with all the prosecutions, right? Even the timing of the prosecutions, you know, two years later. I mean, you could yeah. say the same thing about Hunter Biden being indicted. He had an un- years later. He had a, uh, He had an unloaded gun for 11 days. When clearly he had a cocaine. And if you talk to a lot of, you know, law scholars out there, they would say, yeah, you're, you, most people wouldn't be indicted for this. But listen, I'm if, not sure if you feel, if you falsify that paperwork, that's it's a five or 10 year. Listen, sentence. if he if he committed serious crimes and it's found in a court of law again do, and, and he goes to jail, so be it. Do you know his uh, brother's um, wife? Mm hmm. Was the one that threw it in the trash? That was his girlfriend, and he got. I think if that got happened, that's horrible, and that's threw wrong. in the trash, and then they went back to try to get it. And it was if gone. that's horrible, it's wrong. They lost I, the gun. And, you know, listen, if he goes to jail, so be it. But he'll probably, he'll probably go to jail. I'm Jack Smith is a guy that's prosecuted Democrats. I hear yeah. so many people saying it's a two-tier justice system. Jack Smith prosecuted Edwards. You remember that Melendez? He yeah. he's prosecuted Democrats before. This is a very serious case. The Georgia case, in my opinion, is a very serious case. I think the weakest case is probably the Bragg case in New York. But you know, you know the travesty of his son is the drug addiction. That's, You're talking about Joe Biden's yeah, son. Joe Biden's son. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought you could be talking about uh, Donald Trump Jr. I don't oh, know. No. But, I know. I don't think those kids yeah. are. There's, well, there's uh, certainly nothing nothing funny him. about drug addiction, and I'm with you. And uh, listen, as I said before, Hunter Biden's a bad guy. But um, why did he become a bad guy? Well, uh, I, I'm not. I don't he know. Lost I, his mom. I can't psychoanalyze young. him, yeah. but. Uh, uh, you know, I think Joe Biden's a pretty good dad. And, and you know, I think we have to respect Bo Biden and, and his service so, to this let's country. Let's talk about the Republican Party. Okay. I'm going to pound him a little bit. <laughs> okay. So, especially the Senate Republicans. Okay. I think you, we have eight candidates. And the Senate Republican, the National Republican Senate Committee, yep. has endor- basically, they've endorsed Sam Brown. They didn't look at any candidates, talk to any candidates, one or two. Right. We didn't have debates and dialogue. That's bad for our party. Why? Why do you think – do you think they look at Sam Brown and they look at his face with all due respect and they say, well, war hero, look at the injuries he got, and they don't dig deep into him? Why do you think that is? Well, I think his ability to fundraise is primarily yeah. because of his condition and what happened. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that's what I've been told, but I think you got to go deeper in that to have a good party. Right. Right. So, so he's the favorite right now. Is that fair to I say? I would say that he is – well, he's got 20 uh, – Senators who endorsed him. 
A lot of MAGA supporters. I read that list. Vance, J.D. It, Vance and others. Well, and Lindsey Graham and, and Tom Lindsay, Cotton. Lindsey Graham's all over the place. You know, Tom, Tom I work, I've worked with Tom Cotton's office. I worked with one of those guys getting people out of Afghanistan. They mm-hmm. were a great connector for me, for the State Department initially, and I was going directly in the military working all sides. You know, we, you talked about Afghanistan, too, and I, I do want to talk about some more local issues, but I didn't even get a chance to talk about Afghanistan with you. Obviously, that's a horrible tragedy, yeah. uh, the lives that we lost, even though Donald Trump had the exact same policy, according to Bolton, the exact same policy that Joe Biden had. But uh, again, Donald Trump released 5,000 Taliban terrorists uh, in that time frame, and he also wanted an immediate withdrawal. Listen, you know what? One thing he was doing, I think it was good. They're trying to bring, first of all, the Afghan government was corrupt, the one we set up, the one that Europeans set up. Mm-hmm. And the Taliban, trying to bring the, the Taliban and the um, Afghan government together. You know, if it was up to me, we would have gone in and out there, gone, hit, bin Laden's out of there, got out of the country possibly early that first six to eight months, mm-hmm. not stayed there or had some kind of relationships with USID. You know, horrible tragedy. We both agree. I Terrible. Mean, having w- endless wars is one of the problems we have in the United States. But sadly, you Ukraine know right now, I think, is a mistake. But sadly, you know this. Anytime you withdraw from a war, one death is too many. Yeah, well, but we we have a loss of life. But just the, I'm not discounting the 20, it. The long wars are no good. I agree. So the um, Ukraine, for example, right now we spent 120 billion dollars in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Europeans have spent 20. It mm-hmm. should be the other way around. I think it's a very fair argument to say that we've maybe spent a little bit too much money in the and war in the and Ukraine. And we need a truce there. We need to be working a truce constantly. Well, well, obviously, I think most people want the war to end. What I don't like are not you, but people out there that are rooting for Ukraine to lose. Ukraine needs to win this war. Vladimir Putin is an I, evil. I think if you settle the lines right now, you're good. You had a win on both how? sides. How? How do we convince? How do you convince an evil, murderous dictator to just stop? Uh, you have to talk to him. You have to work. I mean, you, you <laughs> got to you got to get in and talk to the folks and say things. Uh, we, we keep out of war by being really strong and, and having a strong appearance across the world in the military, you know, deterrence. And I think when Afghanistan fell, that led into uh, Ukraine, and it is a dictator. And we got several dictators. Dictators are scary, whether in China, whether in North Korea, whether in um, – We have to call them out for what Russia. they are. You no, know, I think we made some huge mistakes when the wall fell down, personally. Mm-hmm. I think we could have embraced and worked with um, – Russia better mm-hmm. and with the democracy and the systems and the process. Let me ask you a question, uh, and maybe this is not a question you get very often, but I think the world would be a much safer place if two people were knocked off the face of the earth, Vladimir Putin and Kim Jong-un. If those two people were, were taken out, um, the world would be a much safer place. Yeah, I'm not start, saying everything would be perfect. You could start but, World War Three too. So I, 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 that's just my personal opinion. I think Vladimir Putin needs to be taken out. I don't think this is war is ever going to end. It's not from a Donald yeah. Trump phone call. It's nothing Joe Biden can we, do. We have a policy in the United States. And it's a long set policy. We do not take um, the leaders of the foreign nations out. Well, Saddam Hussein was taken out, so to speak, right? He was to captured. an extent. He was captured, and then his own people murdered him. Well, that, I, I would I disagree with what Bush did with the war. We should have never invaded Iraq. Agree. Agree. Uh, I agree I'm, with I'm, you. I'm, I'm pragmatist in a lot of stuff. That's why when we talked about the the gender mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. I know what it's doing in the military right now. I know how close we are to – China is is almost going to eclipse us with strength. Now, we still have a stronger Navy. Our Navy's mm-hmm. strong, but our numbers are down in the military. And China has really made advances in their aircraft and their weaponry and their drones. And separate of that, you see what they're doing with electric cars in China? What are they doing? So they're going to they're gonna be the top producer of electric cars here shortly. They've, they're moving really fast. They're mm-hmm. outpacing us. Interesting. I, I did not know. Listen, that's also a dictatorship regime. I think we yeah, all it's could dangerous. Agree. There's no question about that. Yeah. And China is a threat, uh, a big threat. Uh, Vladimir Putin cannot win this war in the Ukraine. He cannot because he will invade other countries. And I don't think I think if he stops where he is, we still have the barrier of Ukraine. Why do you think he invaded? 
Why did he start this war? Because we were, because he perceived the United States as being weak after Afghanistan, I think. And uh, you think so? Yeah, that, I, I think that was part of it. There's no fear there. Um, we had troops. We had special, quite a few special forces in Ukraine prior to that, and we've had them there for years. Mm-hmm. You know, working, and apparently they're there right now. But we had, I mean, we had fairly large numbers and organizations, and the war's been going on. At Crimea for a long while. Tell I mean, me where I'm it's wrong. It's been going here. on since '94. Tell me where I'm wrong here, Bill. Uh, going and, back, and it has a religious connotation too. I don't know if you know that. The Eastern Orthodox, in which Russia mm-hmm. has really become Eastern Orthodox, strongly religious again, and then there's mostly Catholics, uh, traditional uh, Western Catholics. I did not know that. It's a split country. Tell me and where. Here's the other thing. Yeah. Ukraine has still a Nazi influence in it. Why do you say that? Because they have. Ever since World War II, they've always had a lot of Nazis just ended up down there after in Germany. Well, yeah. how about right now? You think there are Nazis running there, that there's country? A, no, no. But oh. there, there are definitely Nazis in their military and some of the brigades. Well, guess what? If there's anybody in their military that is anti-Semitic, anti-Jew. Uh, how many or, Jews are there or in use the Ukraine? Term, well, Zelensky's Jewish. Yeah, um, he's definitely Jewish. I don't know if there's a big influence well, of Jewish. People. There are Nazis in this country, too. So, um, you know, unfortunately, yeah. there are Nazis all over the world. And in South America. Some of them are called white supremacists. South America. Some of those Nazis attacked yeah. our capital on January 6th. Yeah. Um, not all of them were Nazis, but sadly, there are Nazis all over the world. Um, what, I mean, Nazis, a, a terrible thing. It's period. horrible. Yeah, they're, they're, the they're, they're, they're white supremacists is what they are. That's what they are. They, 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 they hate they, you they, because of your ideology, yeah. your religion, your skin color, your, you know, idea, whatever. It's, it's an ideology. It's a hate group. And sadly, there are some of those hate groups here Fortun- in this country. Fortunately, in the United States, we don't let them yeah. organize. Well, sadly, one of those hate groups mm-hmm. called the Proud Boys, the man who you voted for, said, stand back and stand by. Now the leaders of those groups are behind bars for two decades. So going back to what I said earlier, we need to call out Nazis. I don't care whether they're in the Ukraine or whether they're here. I, I, I don't know if the Proud Boys are Nazis. Well, they're, they're labeled a hate group by, by, by pretty much every organization yeah. out there. And now the leaders of that group are spending decades and, behind bars. And there's another group, too. What is it? It's uh, Oath Keepers. Yes, correct. Oathkeepers. Listen, they're, they're, by the way, I was approached by Oathkeepers years ago. Yeah. And I wouldn't join an organization. I would hope not. Um, you know, those are hate groups. And I mean, they sound good by, yeah. by the oversight, yeah. but, you but anyway, the point with, I'm, you need to work within the system. The point I'm trying to make is there are hateful people that have hateful ideologies all over the world. I have no doubt some yeah. of those people are in the Ukraine and some of those people are here in the United States it's of America. It's amazing what the human will do to each other. Well, we need people to call it out. And I think it's a very small group when that happens. Like, I think if you study, study what happened in Germany with Hitler, yes. that, that's a study in itself. Yeah, perhaps. But here's what I want, Bill. It doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. I want people to call out those groups. And when I hear, again, going back to Donald Trump, when I hear somebody say good people on both sides in Charlottesville, and when I hear him say he doesn't know who David Duke is, where he damn well, well David, did. David Duke is definitely... A bad guy. But Trump was asked about David Duke yeah. on Fox News when he was running for president in 2016, and he said he didn't know who he was when a couple of years earlier he did an interview and he knew exactly who he was. You know why? Because he knows that those people are going to vote for him. I want a president. It doesn't matter whether it's Chris Christie or Hillary Clinton or even Ron DeSantis you yeah. support to say hate groups cannot be tolerated in this country. I don't want someone to say, Proud Boys, stand back and stand by. Well, let me tell you. Uh, it- 
personally, you don't want to you don't want to tolerate a hate group, but still, of in our course. country, they have free, First Amendment freedom of speech. Absolutely, as long as they don't cross that line I, in violence. I agree with you. We do have freedom of speech. Somebody can go on a sidewalk that could say, "I hate white yeah. people." But some, let me just make this point. Yeah. Somebody could be on a sidewalk that says with a sign on a public side, I hate black people or I hate white people. That doesn't mean we should have a president yeah. of the United States to say stand I, back and stand by. Call out bigotry. I don't know if I've ever seen anybody personally f- or talked to anybody who's a Nazi or a white mm-hmm. supremacist face to face in the United States. Have you? Well, um, yes, I have. Yeah, actually stood. I have. Uh, unfortunately, I had some of those Proud Boy members on a prior show that I did. I have. And you thought they were, they were Nazis by talking. Uh, or, hateful, or, or hateful, hateful white, ignorant, w- hateful white supremacists. Against race? Absolutely. Now, 100%. In the, in the Proud Boys, wasn't that founded by somebody who's not a Caucasian or white? Uh, yes, that is that is true. That is correct. That person has now just been sentenced to 22 that, years behind was, was bars. It Tario. Was it Latino? Yes, correct. Yeah. 22 years behind bars. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't yep. pay attention a whole lot to the groups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in jail for 22 years, I, so I he's definitely standing back thing. and standing by behind bars. But uh, Which is a long time. That's because of the possible overthrow of the country, which is huge. I mean, yeah, yeah. That was you, a sad you think, day. You think that is excessive on the number of years in jail? Um, Perhaps some examples of, uh, of setting an example. Perhaps that's all it could be is setting example. But, but when you lead a charge to overthrow the Capitol and people died that day, yeah, um, I think it's very, very serious. I should know his name. Who's the guy that was screaming on the? Who they never charged the FBI informant supposedly? I don't know his name. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to think of it. I, I'll think of it. What I do know, you know is the that guy in the blue horn and did all some. Really, yeah, he's re- he was re- released. And we do know that there are a lot of. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of in, there's there there are police inside informants and the FBI. FBI is not clean, mm-hmm. and I think we could have avoided a lot of that. I think Trump caused some of the problem, but he didn't. He did, I, I'm sure he didn't. Well, let me ask you this question: If he didn't say months before January 6th that the election was stolen and Joe Biden cheated, which was by the way a lie, if he didn't do those things months He's, before, he still has the right to say that under freedom of speech. Uh, but but if he didn't do those things before January 6th, um, does no, January no, 6th happen? No, it wouldn't happen. And let me ask you another question. I agree with you that you do have freedom of speech, but you know as well as I do that's not why he was indicted. He was indicted for one of the reasons of putting forth a fake electorate scheme. You can say that the election was stolen yeah. and lie. Have you looked at that closely? That's interesting what's happened. Lindsay well, they're going to have to Lindsay, prove it in court. Lindsey Graham got indicted. That's going to be yeah. interesting to see how that all it will. unfolds. Man, this this hour and 15 minutes, Bill, has gone by. Really, we didn't I, really talk much about the campaign. I know. I want you to come back. I've been the rules. I want you to come back. I can talk about Arizona. Arizona. I can talk about oh boy, you know, Arizona. I, I was over at the border of Arizona yeah. and just the other day and seeing mm-hmm. how close it is. And people were coming across from Arizona. Well, here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do if this is okay with you. I hate to cut you off because I have my other guests waiting. But, 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 I I, I would love for you to come back. You're invited back anytime. I want you to give out the information, how people can follow your campaign and donate and learn a little bit more about you, please. Well, I just want to talk about, you know, Arizona, Nevada border is so gorgeous right there. When you're right on that. Mm -hmm. Arizona's a beautiful state. Well, no, right there in in northern Arizona, Nevada. Sure, sure. I was over there for the first time. It's beautiful. A few days ago. It's beautiful. Arizona's absolutely beautiful. I agree with you. But right on the border, though, I mean, people coming across to Nevada and. Well, unfortunately, we have border issues uh, in this country that need to be addressed on both sides of the aisle. But, hey, can you, I want you to give out your information. Yeah. How can people follow so, uh, electricgreenberet.com. Okay, I like, Electric Electric Green Beret. Beret. I like that. I like that. I didn't initially start that because it's kind of long. Yep. You got to spell Beret right, B-E-R-E-T. Right, right, right. Electricgreenberet.com <laughs> is different. That's catchy. But hey, when I just want to talk about just the border of Nevada, Arizona, and the whole border up around Utah. I got over there for the first time along that border, the lower border. Mm-hmm. And it's really a beautiful country, but no one lives out there. 
Yeah, Mesquite, Mesquite's got some folks. I went to a debate Mesquite's in Mesquite beautiful. a couple days. Mesquite's beautiful. I want to uh, give you another opportunity. Uh, you're welcome to come back anytime, and we, there's a lot more issues. We could have talked about Nevada. We could talk about a lot of things. I'll tell you what, next time you have my home word. Me, home means Nevada. Next time you have my word, we're going to dive more into some Nevada issues. There's so much news to talk about. Oh, but listen, I thank you for your service to this country. Thanks, Brian. And anytime. I, I appreciate you coming on and, and having a good spirit. I think we can talk and disagree and still be friends. Absolutely. I have many people like you That's that are important. friends. Absolutely. 100%. Especially somebody like you serve this country. I have the utmost respect for you, uh, Bill. Bill Conrad, everybody. You're welcome back anytime. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with uh, Nicole Mitchell after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent, on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full-scale printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Hey, everybody. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. 
They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. Office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Located only four miles from downtown Colorado Springs at just 10 miles from Pikes Peak, Hyatt Place Colorado Springs Garden of the Gods offers spacious rooms featuring contemporary decor with stylish furnishings, including divided living and sleeping areas, the Hyatt Grand Bed, state-of-the-art media and work center, a 42-inch flat panel high-definition television that easily integrates with laptops and other devices, and complimentary breakfast is included in your stay. Hyatt Place Colorado Springs Garden of the Gods at 503 West Garden of the Gods Road. Visit HyattPlace.com. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Friday. Thank you so much for joining us. If you uh, need some health care, you need care for your health, I guess I should say. You want to check out Sahara West Urgent and Primary Care. They're located... Right down the street here, man. They're awesome. Jessica and Andrew will take care of you. They're located at Sahara and Jones. Uh, they take most insurances. If you don't have insurance, it's only a $95 copay. And no appointment needed, but you can still give them a call at 702-248-0554. Or you could visit them online at saharawesturgentcare.com. Check them out, Sahara West Urgent and Primary Care, and tell them I sent you. I know Big Mo, Paul McKeskey, was out there the other day, and they treated him great. All right. Now it's time to introduce... Uh, the internet sensation herself, who joins me every Friday. It's always fun mixing it up with her on a number of different topics. Of course, I'm talking about the OnlyFans model herself. Uh, Nicole Mitchell joining us right now on a Friday. Nicole, good to see you. How are you? Good to see you, Brian. I'm so good. How's Vegas? Uh, Vegas is good. I'm sorry I missed you last week. Chris Wynn filled in for me. I hope he did a good job. I wasn't feeling too good, but it's good to be back. Uh, I'm things, glad you're back. Things are good here, and I know you're going to be back here in a few weeks, right? Yeah already beginning of October and I cannot wait looking forward to this all right I I didn't know I was going to ask you this question to start but I want to ask you this question um I had a uh, I have a retired you know guy who served this country honorably he's he's a war hero right and his take is if you're transgender you shouldn't be able to serve in the military because he said it hurts morale now obviously my take on that is I couldn't disagree with that more I think it's absurd Mm -hmm. I don't care what's between your legs if you're willing to risk your life for this country and you could do the job uh, you know, if that hurts morale, then that's on them. You know, that, that I just think it's such a, I hate to use the term bigoted approach, but I'm going to have to in this instance. What do you say to that? I mean, I got a war hero in studio, but then he's saying transgender shouldn't serve. And I just, I, I don't understand that way of thinking. I just really don't. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. My first thought is he doesn't have any trans friends. Hmm. It's easy to think someone is going to ruin something when you've never met them. Or he, he, he knows trans people, but they've not told him, they've not outed themselves to him because they've learned he's not a safe person. So my first thing is like, I want to ask him, do you have trans friends? Second of all, go make some trans friends and go find, they don't ruin morale. They boost morale. They're trans people are like any other people. They're incredible. And because of the adversity they have faced, the over the obstacles they've had to overcome, they tend to be the most compassionate, kind, thoughtful, loving humans you could meet. And that's like, I'm sad he's missing out on that and that he would have such a reply to such beautiful people. I couldn't agree with you more. 
And I think if as long as you pass the physical elements that you need to pass, then I have no problem with that. To me, it's like saying, well, I don't want white people in the military because it would hurt morale or I don't want black people in the military it would hurt morale. I don't want Jewish people in the military. Yeah. Uh, to me, it's just such a bigoted approach. And if people are so upset that transgenders are allowed to be in the military, that they don't want to be in the military, then guess what? I don't want bigots in the military. That's my personal mm -hmm. opinion. So I, don't, <laughs> I love I, it. You know who would ruin the morale? Me. Having <laughs> me in the military, I would be complainy and whiny. I would fail all the physical exams. Like I, could, I would I be, could, I, I could also, I would be miserable and make you miserable with me. So there's could, anyone you shouldn't have in there. It's me. I could also crazy. make a horrible joke and say most of the men, if you were in the military, they would have an extra gun ready to fire, but that, I would never make that joke. That would be, that would be horrible. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah. I would, you're right. I would boost their morale. <laughs> yes, you would. You would boost a lot of things. I agree. Um, all right. So I, I wanted to talk to you, um, a little bit about this, uh, auto workers strike because this is a big story and I didn't get to talk about it in the first hour. I, I wanted to kind of give you my take on it and then I want to hear your opinions on it. First of all, I think it goes both ways here. I think asking for a 40% raise is absurd. I think everybody in life would love a 40% raise. I think that's ridiculous. On the other side of things, the CEOs are making $30 million a year and they're getting huge raises. So they're wrong as well. I think they have to meet somewhere in the middle, but I think a 40% raise is absurd. Everybody would love a 40% raise, but they do make some good points, right? Cars are 30% more expensive now than they were just five years ago. Uh, it's a boom. It's an economic boom in this industry. People are making a lot of money, but they're not really taking care of the workers. I can understand their point, and I also understand the point of the other side, which is if we give everybody a 40% raise, we're going to be out of business. What are your thoughts? You know, it's so interesting when I was researching that this week, I'm a CEO of my company. I have a team that works for me. And before I became a CEO, I had all these ideals of what it means to be one, how I'm going to do it differently from all other CEOs, yada, yada, yada. And then exactly like you said, Brian, when you grow a company, there's a lot of expenses. You have overhead, you have, you have bigger taxes. You have all these things to take in consideration that team members aren't always aware of. And yet I think it, there's something to be said if, um, I was doing some research last night that some CEOs have made a 35 to 40% increase in pay over the past four years, hmm. right? While their workers did not. So there's an imbalance there saying we don't have enough money to pay everyone, but I haven't, there's enough money for me to make a massive raise for myself. So I get the balance as a CEO perspective, you have to take care of you and the bottom line first before you can take care of your team. Like it just is what it is. And, but then if you're constantly giving yourself a raise, but you're not considering your team members, that needs to be something that's called out. I think a 40% raise is a reasonable request, but probably not doable all at once. Like it would have to be implemented. It is over time. five like, years. It, I think it's yep. either over four years or five years where they're trying to implement this. And a lot of yep. people on the other side are saying, we're going to go out of business if we do this. I don't know if you believe that or not, but that's what they're saying. I know. I tend to think, I do think it's a lot more gray than any newsline or article ever make it out to be. But I think it's interesting that you can, the CEO can constantly increase their pay. But as soon as you talk about giving anyone else a pay raise, it's we'll go out of business. Yeah. I don't think it's as black and white as that. I think there's a lot of things you can do to make it work to get a pay raise to work on increasing um, the compensation for your, your employees without making it sound so dire that if we give you guys what you want, we'll be out of business. There's got to be a way to meet in the middle. 
I agree with you, and I think that's what they're going to have to do. Listen, I am all for capitalism. Uh, I don't have a problem with, but but then I when I think of a, a company, Walmart doesn't sponsor the show, do they? Numchuck? No, I don't think so. Uh, you know, Walmart and and the mega billions that they make, and that yet you have employees, some employees, they're making minimum wage. So I think uh, companies have a right to do that. Nobody's forcing you to work at Walmart. But I think as a society, it's our responsibility to also call out certain companies that are making boatloads of money and not taking care of their employees. This could be the case. Uh, I just think that they have to meet somewhere in the middle. I mean, I don't know how you feel about Walmart or some of these other companies out there that are making boatloads of money and paying some of their greeters and employees uh, like $8 an hour. Yes, I. you're totally right. And I, you know, as an entrepreneur, I see from such a, a unique lens where before when I was poor, this is one of the reasons why I wouldn't let myself get rich. I was afraid it would mean I'd be greedy, I'd be selfish, I wouldn't care about other people because you see so much evidence of that in the news and it's what the news only highlights is it's like horrible leaders and company owners and CEOs and finance people making terrible decisions. But it's exactly why we need more good people to get rich because if you're a good person and you have a good heart, you're going to take good care of your people. And we need to model other ways of doing business besides exactly what you said, making billions of dollars, but paying our team, some of our team members, a wage that is not survivable. I'll give you a perfect example. Um, in and out Burger. I like their burgers. Animal style fries. Really good. They take care of their employees. Like I, there are some 17 year olds that work there that are making upwards of $15 an hour. They pay their managers really well. And I look at other fast food companies that are just as successful. McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's. They're paying their employees half that. So I think in and out is the model of, Hey, we're going to make our money, but we also want to take care of our family and want to take care of our, our employees. I think there are ways of doing that. And I think as a society, we should support those companies more that are taking yeah. care of people, if that makes sense. 100%. And I would support In-N-Out more if their burgers were good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Their burgers, I, I tend to agree with you on that. I think their burgers are a little <laughs> bit overrated. Uh, but yeah, I, I just, I love these companies that distribute the wealth. And there are some companies out there that do so, the factories and the people out there that do that. And then most don't. Um, you know, I, I just feel like that's the case in society all around where you have the top 1% making boatloads of money and then it just trickles on down and it hurts the middle class. And, and, and I'm not saying, uh, I'm against capitalism. Um, but at the same time, I want us to be reasonable and I, and it's really hard to enforce that. Right. I think we, that's why we need to raise minimum wage and, and, and we need to raise it to a livable wage and then let, and people, the, I guess the argument is, well, the small businesses, if you force them to pay people $13 an hour here or $14 an hour here, they're going to be forced to go over to business. I'm sorry. I just don't buy that. If you own a business and you can't afford to pay some of your employees 13 or $14 an hour, then maybe you shouldn't own a business. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, I do think I, I, I want to get to a point where we pay people thriving wages. So that's like something I've committed to in my, my company is I want to build my company to such a space where I can pay my team members a thriving wage where they would go, if they went anywhere else, they would not make as much money. Yeah. Like that's what I'm committed to. But it, it like you said, it, you have to be reasonable or what I say, conscious creation. I have to consciously create the reality I want for myself, the reality I want for my company, the reality what I want for my team members. And it does, it requires quite a bit of checking in, knowing your numbers, being really honest about like, how much can I swing for my team? How much can I swing for me? What is sustainable? And it does take businesses years to get off the ground. So they may not be able to afford that right away. But the hope is, and the goal is to make enough money where you can pay your team members enough 
for them to thrive. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, I don't know where this thing is going to go with this auto workers. Uh, I, I, w- I would hope eventually yeah. they'll come to some sort of agreement. The good news is, is that of the over 30,000 workers out there, uh, there are not many of them that are not working still. They're still working. Um, I guess, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on unions as a whole, but listen, there's a lot of people out there that wish they made more money. Heck, I wish I could get a 40% raise. There's a lot of people out there that wish they could, but they don't have the ability to do so. We do live in a free country, and I don't mean this, you know, I, I'm not defending a Walmart. I'm not defending some of these big companies that I don't think take care of their uh, employees. But at the same time, nobody's forcing you to work there and you could always work somewhere else, right? I mean, that's that's the alternative. We live in a free country, in a capitalist country. You can work for another company if you don't like the way you're being treated. 100%. And that's something I help my clients with as a coach is because if you don't feel worthy of it, if you don't feel capable of it, if you if you feel insecure about it, you will stay where you are. And part of my job is helping people like really step into their power and be like, what is it that you want? Where have you been settling and where can you go after what you actually want? Because that's going to increase your odds of living the life of your dreams versus staying somewhere that feels safe, Mm -hmm. but isn't where you're meant to be ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. No no doubt. Obviously we hope that, uh, they come to some sort of agreement here. The amazing thing yeah. is, and we, when uh, M- you met Miguel Nunez Jr., who's been an actor for such a long time, and we were hanging out at Sapphire a few weeks ago, Miguel's a great guy. He's been out of work, and uh, the writer's actor's strike is still going on. I wanted to ask you about that because I- I'm a Bill Maher fan. I like Bill Maher. I enjoy his show on HBO. But he's taken a lot of flack down. The reason why he is, uh, and he does a political show you know, on HBO, and he's a comedian. His show is going back on the air, and he put out a tweet yesterday that said, basically, and I'm paraphrasing, my show's not going to be as good, we're not going to do the opening monologue, uh, we're not going to do this and this, but at the same time, the show must go on. Mm. How do you feel about that? Because there are some out there that they're going to go back to work regardless of whether this strike continues. How do you feel about that? I have such mixed feelings. I saw Kelly Clarkson's doing the same thing. She's going back on air with her show and she's getting a lot of criticism for it. And I put my, I try to put myself in the shoes of them because what you, cause I saw some critiques saying, you know, those who are on strike don't have the money to have the benefit to just like not work, right. but these big shows do have money. But what people don't often realize is as the, the more money you make, the more you increase your lifestyle, right? You have different invest investments. You have different right. properties. You have, you have way more bills in short than the average person. So like, Oh, you have plenty of money. Some of them might not. Some of them, they might be in just as tight of a spot. And we've learned that with the actor strike, like sure. big name actors that we thought were making good money have come out saying they were living paycheck to paycheck. Right. And so like, and there's, you can criticize like, we'll have a smaller house. We'll have a small car. When you're making lots of money, you make decisions according to that. You don't, you, you assume that money is going to keep going. So when the, everything freezes because there's a strike, you have to make a really hard decision. Do I go in solidarity with the people and also not make money while trying to manage all of these things and expenses that I have? Or do I risk going back on, try to generate money, but also get flack for not waiting? Like, I think it's an impossible situation. I don't think you can win either way. And I think there's a lot of idealism. I'm, I'm an idealist. Like, yes, yeah, just stay in solidarity with the strikers yeah. until everything's figured out. But someone's got to make some money somewhere. Right. Someone's got to generate revenue somewhere to be able to pay bills and pay the few people who are still working. So I, I'm very gray on this issue. It's, I think it's way more complicated than 
it's being portrayed in media. My biggest concern are the people, like you mentioned, that are living paycheck to paycheck that need to go yeah. back to work. Those people need to go back to work. Um, and I don't know how long this thing is going to last, just like I don't know how long the auto workers strike is going to last. But the thing about the auto workers strike is I think like 95% of those workers are still making money and they're still working. As far as the actors and the writers strike, most of them are not working right now. They're out of work. We're talking about everybody, stunt people, actors, actresses, directors, producers, sound people, writers. I mean, uh, there's a lot of people that are not working right now that are hurting, and uh, I just wish they could they could come to some sort of agreement at least temporarily so that they can get back to work. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. We'll have to uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens. It's a very very difficult uh, situation. Um, speaking of right. a difficult situation, um, oh, I think uh, rape is probably one of the most heinous crimes anybody can commit in society. And this guy Masterson from that '70s show. Uh, was convicted a few days ago and sentenced to 30 years in prison for the raping of two women who my heart goes out to them as victims. Just horrible. Um, with that being said, Ashton Kutcher and Mia Kunis, the power couple, Ashton Kutcher worked with Masterson on that 70s show after he was convicted. That's very, very important detail of this. After Masterson was convicted, before he was sentenced, Masterson's family reached out to Ashton Kutcher and Kunis to write a character letter. Now, this is this is a normal thing in, in the court system where if somebody is going to be sentenced, the judge will say, hey, if the defendant has any character letters, anybody, uh, I'll, you know, I'll read them and, and maybe it'll change the sentencing or maybe some leniency, so on and so forth. Well, Ashton Kutcher and Mia Kunis have been a part of uh, advocates for those that have been abused from sexual assault. They, they, they're a part of these charity organizations that do that, and I commend them for that. With that being said, they knew their friend was a rapist, convicted rapist. And they wrote this letter to the judge, and the judge, uh, the letter is now public. Now, since then, they put out an apology saying they didn't mean to hurt anybody. From a moral standpoint, I have a problem with that. They didn't break any laws. But if one of my friends, I don't care how close the friend is, is a convicted rapist, and his family reaches out to me, hey, can you write a character? I'd say, go to hell. You're, you're blah, blah, blah. You didn't do it, but your family member is a rapist, and I don't help rapists. That's just me. I was very disappointed in, in Ashton Kutcher and Kunis doing this. And I, and I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on this from a female's perspective. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's absolutely devastating. Like, sexual assault in America is rampant. It mm -hmm. is it is a systemic issue. It's terrible. So many women are traumatized and have careers ruined, relationships ruined, their livelihood ruined, their own well-being ruined because of such misogyny in our country mm -hmm. and and it's so messy because i was trying to put myself in the shoes what if one of my really good friends was accused of being a rapist and then i mean even just that alone before it even makes it to court my head would start spinning because i'm like how can i know someone so well how can i have a close relationship with someone that i love so dearly and learn this about them like how could i be so deceived and duped and then if they went to court and they were convicted of it I would still have a hard time grappling because I'm like, did I miss it? Did I not see something? Like, how can you be close to someone for that long and not know that about them? Like, I think that actually does happen. Like there's like real people who sure. hide their darkness, have a great light. This is how abuse often stays on. They're so charming and wonderful with all their friends and family, yep. but behind closed doors, they're a monster. And so I just like, it would blow my mind and you would want to write a character letter and be like, no, this can't be true. But then you have to face the facts of like, he's been accused by more than one person. He was actually accused by three. 
And this just shows how misogyny is rampant in our courts. The third he wasn't convicted of because it was his girlfriend. Mm. We still approve of violence against women. Oh, because she was dating him. Like, it's it's absolutely horrendous. Yeah, it really is. So I get wanting to defend your person, whether it's a, a friend or a family member. But if there is allegations, you have to think twice. You have to slow down. Just because you know them so well doesn't mean you know everything about them. And then the third thing is, like, why are we writing letters to defend this man's character and th- like thinking about his future and his mm-hmm. livelihood and the cost it's going to have him if, if he's not seen as innocent. What about these victims? Yeah. We don't talk about their future. We don't talk about their livelihood. We're not wondering what's going to happen to them. Like they're not even mentioned. All the focus is on like, how can we look out for Matt? How can we look out for him? How can we speak up for him? And I'm like, why aren't we using that same kind of voice and passion and intensity to speak up for these women, to make sure they're okay, to have resources in place so they can find a life after this horrific event. Yeah. Like what would you, well said. And and like, what would you say to like an A-list celebrity who wrote a letter that a judge in the Harvey Weinstein case, like you would be like, what are you doing? Right. I mean, it'd be one thing before a conviction, right? So if, if, if they sent this letter before Masterson was convicted, I'd say, okay, innocent until proven guilty, do what you got to do. But it's like, they already knew he was a convicted rapist. That's where I have my issue. And, 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 and again, they had the right That's to huge. do so, but it's like, how could you call yourself a victim's advocate of sexual assault and then defend a friend of yours after he is a convicted rapist? I just I, I, I cannot fathom that. And that half I think it was a half hearted apology. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just think it really tarnished uh, it, it tarnishes their reputation as far as I'm concerned. I, maybe I'm taking this- it too far. This is where the rubber meets the road. So I think in America, there's a general sentiment of like anti-sex trafficking, you know, anti-child trafficking, like, yay, we're against it in theory. Right. But when it comes down to real life and one of your friends is accused of of rape or assault, you're, oh, no, 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 that's not true. All of a sudden you defend, you want to defend, I get that. But the extra length you go to defend versus we should look into this, this needs to be handled by the professionals. It shows the disconnect between the ideals in our head, oh, we're against anything horrible. And then when it happens in close proximity, we defend and justify and explain away. And that's where like that hypocrisy drives me crazy because don't say you stand for an ideal, but when it, when it shows up at your front door, you dismiss it. Couldn't agree with you more. And, uh, it's, uh, I just think they've, uh, Ashton Kutcher and Kunis, who I've always been fans of, but I really think they've, they've hurt their reputation. Listen, they're not the ones that committed this, these heinous crimes. Let's be clear on that. Um, but at the same time, I was really, really disappointed in them defending a rapist because that's, uh, that's exactly what they were doing. They weren't defending the crime, but they were defending a rapist's character. And if, w- when you decide to, do that to somebody. You don't have any character. I don't care if that person worked in a soup kitchen every day and did all this stuff for charity. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, that all is out the window as far as, and by the way, I'm glad the judge didn't take that into consideration. Thank goodness you had a judge and a jury that did the right things and their justice system worked. And this guy got 30 years. Listen, if you rape somebody and you're a convicted rapist, I don't think you should ever see the light of day again, but let's be clear. This guy's career is over. His life is probably over. He's going to be in jail for decades. And, uh, happy for that. And I'm glad that the victims got some justice in this situation. With right. that being said, and, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Nicole. I was, the last thing I was going to say, like, I'm w- what happens in these situations. We blame the women. Like they had mm. said anything. Like they went like they, right. they went over, they, they're the ones who were by career. They're the ones who were not. No, your actions, Yeah, your actions, your decisions created 
your reality. There is no victim blaming here. This is all on you. I hate that. I always, I I always believe the victims. Like I'll be honest with you, even Jesse Smollett, right? Like when that story first came out, I believed him because I think that's a natural thing for a human being. When someone says they're the victim of a hate crime, the first thing that enters my mind isn't, Oh, you're lying. You're setting it up. A normal person doesn't think that way. But then as you know, I believed him and that's the problem also on the other side, even though luckily it doesn't happen often. There are people that make up allegations. It could be rape. It could be a hate crime. And to me, that's just as serious of a crime as actually doing the the horrible uh, uh, crime itself. But uh, I agree with you. We need to uh, listen to the victims, uh, hear them out, believe them, unless they give us a reason to think otherwise. And I I um, certainly, uh, my thoughts are with those two victims, and uh, I'm glad they got some justice. Good for that. Um, before I let you go, Nicole, I wanted to ask, what you got going on this weekend, man? You you hanging out with some of your fans, or what, what, what do you got going on this weekend? <laughs> yes, you know, I, as you know, I travel a lot. I was actually supposed to be in Vegas this weekend, and it's just been, I just needed a break. So this yep. is my first weekend home in, in a long time, probably oh, a month. Cool. And I'm so excited just to relax, chill, be with my babies, not be on a plane or in a hotel room. <laughs> so it's going to be a wonderful weekend. I can't wait. That is interesting. You know that. What's relaxation? Oh, I know that. Uh, that is interesting, though, because most people that say, I need a break, I want to go to Vegas. <laughs> Usually it's, oh I want to have fun. But for you, it's part work, and I understand that. So for you, a break is just being at home with your family and relaxing, right? Yeah. And you know, Brian, we've talked about this. When you're an entrepreneur, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. It is. It's a lot of work. It is. You're always working behind the scenes constantly. You're always networking. You're meeting up with people. You're, sure. you're collaborating. You're preparing. You're re- There's so much work. And when I travel, it's usually for work. And so I, I get, I pick one day to relax on trip usually. And the rest of the days I'm working. So to have a weekend where I'm just home with babies, it forces me to relax and it's so good. It's, and it's so good to take a break. You're right. It's always a grind and it, it's good to be around family and friends. I just celebrated with my dad his 75th birthday. We went Aww. out to dinner a couple of times this week. So it's always good to be with family and friends. Yeah. And, and, and have a good time and relax. Nicole, it is always a pleasure. I can't wait till you come back to Vegas here in a couple of weeks. We'll certainly catch up with you uh, next week. And I hope you have a very fun, relaxing weekend <laughs> with your family. And uh, I know there'll be plenty to talk about with you next week. Yes. Thank you, Brian. So great to see you. I love hanging out. Thanks, Nicole. Same feeling is mutual and uh, have a great weekend and we'll catch up with you soon. All right. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. That is Nicole Mitchell, the awesome internet sensation. Always great to talk about. uh, We could be talking about anything with her and uh, it's always a great conversation. I do want to share this story with you before we go here. Anybody that watches this show knows I'm not a fan of Lauren Boebert. Anybody who watches this show knows that I've called Lauren Boebert some names trailer trash being one of them she's a despicable human being she's ignorant uneducated racist bigoted beyond belief and a danger to this country and Lauren Boebert's behavior the other day was typical of who she is as a human being she recently got a divorce which I really don't care about that She's dating a new guy who I guess owns a, is a club owner in Colorado who happens to be a Democrat and holds LGBTQ uh, events at his club, which I find interesting because Lauren Boebert's so anti-gay and transgender. But that's not why I'm talking about this story. Lauren Boebert and her new boyfriend attended the Beetlejuice play at a local theater near where she lives. 
And at this play, and this has all been proven, she was kicked out. And the reason why she was kicked out is because of her behavior and what she was doing, which you're not allowed to do. For starters, she was vaping. I don't know whether it was marijuana or tobacco. I don't know. That should be irrelevant. She was vaping. She was using vulgarities, taking out her camera and recording, which also you're not allowed to do. So rightfully so, in this video, security comes over and they ask her to leave, her and her boyfriend. She refuses to leave. Then they threaten to call police. And then she gets up and leaves. As she's leaving, she's taking selfies of herself because that's what a selfie is, right? And she's flipping off members of the security detail team. One security member claims that she said, don't you know who I am? I'm going to talk to the mayor, making threats towards the security guards. Lauren Boebert held a press conference the following day with the media. And in that press conference, she says she wasn't vaping. There is literally video of her vaping. You want to talk about a bald-faced lie. She is literally vaping in the video. And why is this a health hazard? Well, it turns out a lady that was sitting behind her was pregnant. The lady behind her asked her to please stop vaping. Lauren Boebert's response was, shut up and you're a disgusting, angry person. Now, I want to congratulate the people in Colorado who voted her in again. It shouldn't matter whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, and it shouldn't matter whether you're against or for certain policy. There are certain members in society that should not be representing anybody. As I've said before, and I say again, Lauren Boebert is a despicable human being. Lauren Boebert is a MAGA Republican. Lauren Boebert is one of the popular faces today of the Republican Party. Don't believe me? Just look at polling. Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world, the Lauren Boeberts of the world, the Matt Gates of the world, the Jim Jordans, the McCarthy's, although he's not very popular within the Republican Party these days. But you get the point I'm trying to make. These are people that are despicable. Now, if you're a Republican, you say, what about AOC? What about Ilhan Omar? They don't act like this in public. Today, find me a Democrat in office that behaves this way. Today, find me a Democrat in office that goes to a public event, in this case, a play, vapes, swears at people, flips people off, plays the card of, don't you know who I am? Then the next day lies and says they weren't doing things that they were clearly seen doing on video. Find me a Democrat in office today that behaves this way. I'm all ears because I'll call that out as well. Why is it that it's the MAGA Republican base that behave like this in public? Why is that? And by the way, I've had it with people that say, well, I just like the policies of Lauren Boebert. What the hell has Lauren Boebert done to help you? So I asked this question again. How can you vote for somebody like that? As much as you might hate Joe Biden, 
as much as you might be a staunch Republican, which is fine, I'll disagree with you on policy and maybe political ideology, but that's okay. Can't we just agree as a society that Lauren Boebert has no place representing anybody? Can't we just agree that her behavior is despicable? Can't we come together as a country and say we can't normalize people like this and their behavior? And I hate to sound like Chris Christie, but he's right when it comes to Donald Trump. You can disagree with all the indictments. Legally, you can disagree with it. If you think it's a witch hunt and you think these indictments are all politically motivated, that's one thing. I would disagree with you, but that's one thing. But can't we all agree that this behavior is beneath the presidency? Can't we all agree that it's despicable behavior and it shouldn't be tolerated when you're the president of the United States, in this case now a former president? Can't we agree that Lauren Boebert's behavior is despicable and that it shouldn't be tolerated? Why can't we all agree on that fundamentally? And how stupid do you have to be as an individual to not know that you're on video, that your behavior is being taped, and you're blatantly lying about something like this. If Lauren Boebert is going to lie about something like this, then obviously she will lie about anything. She says the next day she wasn't vaping, yet she's on video vaping. Now, she won't apologize. She won't admit to lying. Anybody with decency would never behave like that to begin with. But if she had an ounce of uh, dignity, an ounce, she would hold a press conference and say, you know what? I was wrong. I apologize to the members uh, in that theater that were working that day. I treated them unfairly. I apologize to anybody that was sitting around me. And I apologize for my behavior. I was wrong. I had a few drinks. I was not acting appropriately, and I am sincerely sorry, and it won't happen again. Now, I would still despise her, but at least I'd have a little bit of respect for her admitting that she was wrong. What if Ocasio-Cortez did this? Lauren Boebert would be the first person on social media attacking her, but she wouldn't because I don't, not a huge fan of Ocasio-Cortez. But I know she would never go to these lengths of, of, of despicable behavior that Lauren Boebert does time and time again. Do you remember when she uh, racially attacked Ilhan Omar and she said, well, I was looking for a backpack, you know, uh, you know, you know, making an insinuation of that, that, you know, Ilhan Omar is a suicide bomber because of where she comes from. Despicable comments. The Marjorie Taylor Greens and the Lauren Boeberts of the world. If you vote for people like that. Let me be clear. I have zero respect for you. We can all disagree on policy, but we can't disagree on what is and what is not acceptable behavior when you're an elected official. We can't normalize these people. We have to call them out for what they are. And Lauren Boebert is trash. She is a piece of trash. She's uneducated. She's ignorant. And she says and does salacious things so that she can make money, get contributions. And that's not what holding office should be all about. It shouldn't be about clicks. and shouldn't be about how much money I can make off of people and take advantage of people. 
and spread bigotry. It should be about serving your constituents. Was Lauren Boebert doing that the other day? Was she serving her constituents? Is that what your daughter, you know, if you have a daughter, is that what you want her to be growing up? Somebody who is just trash, who just embarrasses herself? Don't get me wrong. If Lauren Boebert is not reelected, she'll get a job at OAN. Newsmax would hire her in a heartbeat. That's why I don't watch those networks. And it's sad. All right, on that note, UNLV football playing tomorrow. Vandybilt. Vandy's, as I like to call them, the Vandybilts. Vandybilt coming to town. They're already here. That game is 4 p.m. tomorrow. Big game for both teams. Obviously, if you're bowl-bound, it's a big game. It's a winnable game for both teams. Vanderbilt's a decent team in a, in a really good conference, but by, by Mountain West standards, they'd be a decent team. Um, so big game uh, tomorrow for UNLV football and Coach Odom in year number one. Rooting for him will be at the game tomorrow. And then, of course... Uh, a plethora of football games on Sunday, including the Raiders on the road against the Buffalo Bills. That's going to be a big one. On Sunday, the Aces, game two against just an, an, a horridly awful basketball team in the sky. They are just terrible. So I expect the Aces will take care of business on Sunday when they're back at uh, Michelob Ultra Arena. And then I'll, I'll be back on Monday, uh, hopefully with Chris Wynn, as long as he doesn't yell at me for giving him a half-filled Slurpee. Uh, hopefully Chris will be joining me on uh, Monday. And listen, even though I disagree with uh, with some of Bill Conrad's takes, especially when it comes to transgenders in the military, I respect his service to this country, and I really do appreciate him coming in and having a good-spirited debate, as I welcome anybody to do so on this show. And I uh, appreciate him coming on and, and look forward to having him on again. also want to thank Nicole Mitchell for taking the time to join us, everybody. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Have a great day.